We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is, uh, he's not here. Uh, there's just, there's too much going on in this week's uh, commentary track to have to fit Abe in, unfortunately. Uh, but Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss the movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes where there's one of our fun commentary tracks, so we'll do it different. But this is our commentary track for March 2022. And guys... This is a, this is a big one. There's, you know, it's it's two it's 2022, 25 years ago, 1997. There's many films to celebrate. You have Titanic, Goodwill Hunting, L.A. Confidential, Men in Black, Jerry Maguire, George of the Jungle, Contact. We're not talking about any of those though. We're going to talk about instead Batman and Robin, a commentary that's apparently 10 years in the making because we've been doing these uh, 90s era batman movies uh in a weird order <laughs> and we've finally gotten to batman and robin in honor of course of the batman uh which recently came out and that's what we're gonna do this evening we're gonna finally do our commentary track for joel schumacher's camp classic batman and robin and joining me to do such things we have from why so blue and host of the brandon peters show He's the chilling sound of your doom. It's Brandon Peters. To Mr. Abe out there, I know it's Batman and Robin and out now with Aaron and not Abe today. He may treat you like a Jason Todd, but you're a Tim Drake to me, son. (laughs) Also joining us from Forbes, it's because of him that this is why Superman works alone. It's Scott Mendelson. There are three rules for this podcast tonight. Courage now, truth always, and family above all else. (laughs) And joining us from Lenoir Artur, he has so many people to kill in so little time. It's Terrence Johnson. I, I don't have a like a, a witty intro like my other co-hosts here, but that we'll say in theory, I have what Aaron is saying. Okay. <laughs> not, not in reality. Well, Terrence, welcome to this commentary track. We're glad to have you on for, for the first time doing one of these with us. Yeah, after I after I bullied you. <laughs> into letting me do one of these and you got batman and robin congrats yeah (laughs) that will teach you (laughs) you you know it's not hard to get on these honestly this is i think this is a good movie for you to be on to talk about with us i'm looking forward to hearing all of our thoughts uh concerning this uh, masterpiece of a superhero film but that's (laughs) what we're going to do for the next two hours here we're going to talk about batman and robin uh currently the four of us all have the film five paused five seconds in the Warner Brothers logo is right on the screen. So if you plan to listen along uh, and watch along while listening to us talk about the film, stop it right there. I'm, I'm going to count down from three eventually. And on the sound to go, press play. And you can listen to us talk all over this movie. And we're going to have lots of things to say. If you're just listening to listen, you don't have to do anything. You just have to keep this thing going. I mean, that's 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 easy. So just be prepared for whatever we're going to get down and talk about here on the Batman and Robin commentary track. I don't think there's anything else we need to go over, so we should just get things going. Are you guys ready? Sure. Suit me up, Uncle Aaron. No. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, go. At this time, um, to to time capsule this, uh, the current um, the Batman sequel will be having Nicolas Cage as Egghead and yeah. Dave Bautista <laughs> as the KG Beast to cash in on this moment in history. Right. KG Beast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So the the logo just morphed into an icy Batman yeah. logo right here. 
I remember all this. I saw this movie. We're, we usually go over Terrence how we first saw this movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I assume it's all all of us saw it in theaters. I saw this movie in theaters opening weekend. Open opening weekend, opening night, as I as I generally do, uh, with my with my mom because I was seeing all the Batman movies with my mom at that point. Um, because we both really, really like Batman. This is a time where I'm young enough where it's like I liked Batman forever. It was super fun. Like wh- why wouldn't I? I'm a kid. That movie came out. It's fun. It's colorful. This movie happened. I'm not going to say I hated it. I'm not going to say I love. I'm not going to say I loved it, but it certainly felt like, you know, preteen Aaron was like something's different about this one. Like there's this. this oh like, my gosh! There's something that's that's not like, not big on not big on what's going on. But I'm not. I don't know if I dislike this. It's just something seems off. Before I keep going, before you guys go, we need to talk about what's happening right now because it's the montage of varying parts of the bat costume getting extreme close-ups. Hmm. I don't remember this movie mm-hmm. at all. So, like, what a delight this intro is. <laughs> you don't get stuff like this nowadays. Yeah. Not as in intense detail as you just got there with the, with the smash, the smash zooms and everything. Look, color. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, there's going to be lots of color. Fun fact. I use this movie to set up any new televisions. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. For just that I, reason. It's colorful as hell. I'll say this, like I have said this before, probably on these podcasts, but I this this and its predecessor, Batman Forever, I think are two great ways to introduce kids to Batman for a mm-hmm. kid for a kid to go from like a cartoon character or something to see something live action. These are pretty great ent- entry points and they they'll love them. Like, honestly, they're kids. So they won't know any better about this. They'll just be swimming in a Batman world for a while. Well, Brandon, let's jump to you. What? When did you first see Batman and Robin? All right. I saw opening weekend. It was always an event for my family to go. It was Batman. And they're like, you want to take a friend with you? Batman, all right, whatever. We're, we're going to Batman. It's like if, if it was one of the few things like my parents would be like pumped to go see. But everybody before this movie came out, there was everybody knew there's something. It was not going to be good. But I think everybody was hoping, well, who knows? Um, well, why? Why? Why is that the natural the wor- assumption? There was a, there was just a vibe or something out that this movie was bad news. Um, the trailer was silly. Um, Clooney was our, it was our like, okay, what's this? Um, Alfred's got jokes, but <laughs> he'll cancel the pizzas <laughs> and a, and McGregor's. Yes, jokes yeah, he's got McGregor's. jokes that he's also slowly dying. Uh, I I don't know what it was. Maybe the trailer wasn't solid, but there were there was reviews word out that, that this was I kind of like historically bad. I saw it when I first saw it. I was like, I was into story points of things, uh, and. I don't know. Um, Robin's not a character that bothered me too much. And I was I was into the Alicia Silverstone thing at the time, the Aerosmith videos, all that. So I was happy to see her. And I thought Uma, I still to this day think Uma Thurman's terrific in this movie. Um, I was very, very disappointed in Bane in this movie because I was very into the Nightfall or was it Nightfall? Yeah, that, that storyline was when I was knee deep in Batman comics. Um and yeah, they they did him wrong. He was almost like a well, the kids like him now, so try to fit him in here, please. Kind of thing. We'll keep this going, but before we do that, we've got our introduction to Mister Freeze here. 
um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's I think only in close-up shots. Like anything that's not a shot of his face, it's not him because uh, he he was like, going to have like heart surgery like right after this mm. movie. Like he had a lot of kinds of things going on. Oh, jeez. And, and plus, it's like you know, it's a big heavy costume. Arnold doesn't want to be yeah. walking around doing this Mister Freeze stuff all the time. Uh, what what's the logic of this sequence right here, where he wants to get one thing right, which is that diamond? Yep. Why is he frozen the entire museum and like hung around and like boxing up guards and like having this whole like ice rink thing going on? I What's think they call that a flex, Aaron. He is a showman. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing about the villains in this movie is is the showmanship above all else. Well, it's a good thing that dinosaur statue is right above the. Uh... The rebel of the new. He's been to the museum before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he cleaned up three robberies. Yeah, but ever do. It's him sliding down. But yeah, we have the bat skates on. Um, no, I, I think you know the whole you know this movie in a nutshell is excess. You know because you can, and oh, sorry, the, the cat on my TV. Um, that's the wrong movie. <laughs> and you know it's 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 to get to Aaron's or to, to, to Brandon's point. I mean, the first trailer for this was a it emphasized all of the ways in which this film was campy and goofy and not taking itself or the characters seriously, and was don't worry, gang, this Batman's for kids. Now I was still a 17-year-old idiot that thought darkness and violence was inherently cooler and more mature. So I was absolutely, you know up to a point one of the mouth breathers in terms of the pre-release reaction to this picture that's you you were all like spawn's gonna rule this is gonna suck that's what you were saying Scott. uh no i think i was smart enough to put my faith in face off and contact an air force one young uh, scott mendelson and harry Knowles set out to take this down <laughs> but we both failed 1997 contrary, we both failed contrary to popular belief and without getting too into the you know big ideas of you know this film there was a big perception after it tanked that it had that the you know the, the online fan nerds were responsible, both in terms of blame and in terms of credit, which is unfortunate because that's when you first started seeing very slowly Hollywood trying to do sort of the whole well we need to make the fans happy above all else we need to you know play to the specific demographic of you know nerdy film geeks. And obviously, you know, 25 years later, that's, you know, it's, 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 that's the dominating goal of IP specific cinema. The bet ice skates just came out. So. And the problem with that is the film opened with the sixth biggest opening weekend of all time. People showed up. They just didn't like it. It got a C plus from cinema score and it dropped by a whopping huge, especially back then, 64%. Um, cinema score was around in the 90s yeah it was oh, oh yes jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh for comparison batman returns which also had a certain post-release controversy for the exact opposite reasons it was very dark and macabre and sexual and violent that film got a b from cinema score which was considered uh-oh this isn't you know it's there was the perception was then and now that you know a big splashy blockbuster movie anything under like a b plus is trouble because you're dealing with people that genuinely want to see it and made a concerted effort to you know go see it and were probably predisposed to like it yeah so for a film like this regardless of the online nerdery uh, or even regardless of the reviews to get a C plus from paying audiences. Again, it was word of mouth that killed the beast. Scott, is there anything special about you first seeing this movie? I did not see it on opening weekend. Uh, I saw my best friend's wedding instead. I saw this on the second Friday of the triple feature along with this Hercules and face off. 
We applaud so, your bravery. Oh my god! That's, oh, I, I did that kind was, of thing all the time. It was a big summer. There was a lot going on that summer. Mm-hmm. Gattaca oh, was that summer. Feature. I can't yeah. imagine. Yep. Um, and when I finally saw it, I mean, obviously, I knew the stuff that I wasn't going to like ahead of time. But unfortunately, the middle act of this movie is pretty dull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this sequence is ridiculous, bonkers, bananas. Everything a you know a six year old could want in a comic book superhero movie, and especially in retrospect, it's kind of awesome. And oh, this is all fun. That, this, is, this is all good stuff. Oh, I mean, this is yeah. amazing. Well, Scott, we'll talk. We'll talk about the rest of the movie. I, yeah, get, yeah. I get what you say. I mean, but you're not wrong. I mean, I yeah, especially now where you can really focus on this as someone that's more learned. There's yeah. you. There's plenty to admire in this stuff. Where my issue is never really the campiness, because like, well, that's just the style of the movie. It's the yeah. fact that it just kind of gets really dull in the middle. Right? <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, it blows its wad pretty early. It could have been less harmful had it been like a tighter hundred minutes rather than heading over the two hour range. That or just con- or had a constant level of silliness. Yes, uh, like, which yeah. I think which I think Forever accomplishes. I think Forever is a better movie just because it's consistently silly as opposed well, to this where it's has big silly moments and in between it's like okay there's other stuff well it's, it's also borrowing the exact same beats and almost oh yeah structure it's, from the previous one but you know it's a lazily doing so yeah it's, yeah okay um, well let's get to terrence terrence when did you first see batman and robin i think i saw this opening weekend at the century 10 in panel um which is where I saw every movie mm-hmm. uh, growing up, um, and I, I, I'm not a Batman fan, right? Let me let me state that for the for the for the record, so people will understand what my. <laughs> I loved this movie when I saw it. Mm-hmm. It was so ridiculous and over the top. No, I, did I have some issues with it? Yes, <laughs> but it was so ridiculous and over the top. And I'm like, oh yeah, like these are these are dudes flying around in capes. You know, it. I thoroughly enjoyed it as a youth. I enjoy it now because I can appreciate really sort of like the extreme camp sensibilities. Um, and it's got two really good villain performances. Um, you know, different than sort of what we're used to now. I think John Glover's underappreciated too, yeah. Yeah, like (laughs) (laughs) like look at this man jumping out of this thing with these ice with these wings. Like come on. Like I yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I mean people people act like comic books don't do these things. I yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny. I forgot this secondary plan where, oh, he's stealing a diamond. Also, he might blow up the entire city with this thing right now. (laughs) We're 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 on countdown to Cowabunga here. It's a big night for Mr. Freeze, apparently. <laughs> for a long time. I mean, this is the yeah. end of most movies, you know, like no, this, this is a, this is the bond opening. opening. This is the bond yeah. opening right here. That's it's a what bond we're opening, but I mean like a lot of movies, this is the end. Oh like, yeah. This is the end of the first Batman at like like three times the scale as far yeah. as what's happening. It's a good thing that there's multiple escape hatches and they're in the shape of Zerfords. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really worked I, out. Oh I think my god. <laughs> <laughs> he had a bat bomb too. That was good. Here we go. Here we go. It's coming. It's coming. Not Did he say it already? He's gonna say it in a He's second. Gonna say, oh yeah, right here. He's gonna say it. Yeah. It's coming. We can't hear him say it. But these are special effects, by the way. There's CG uh, Batman mm-hmm. right now. 
Is it CG yeah. or is it is it, is it uh, just like uh, all these the CG? I'm sure it's a mix and match. The when they first came out, it was here. Yeah. It is here. It is. Come on, subtitle, don't let me down. Yeah. First, you gotcha. Gotcha. That's CG. <laughs> there we there go. He is. Yeah, he, he, gets, he does a mute grab and then he says Calabunga. That's definitely not Arnold. Um, you can very much tell. But, yeah. I mean, the thing, I mean, as we're talking about this, look at this stuff. Like, I mean, it's yeah. already, it already comes out in Batman Forever, but like, it only goes even further as far as Joel Schumacher's production design design decisions and the people he was working with because you get mm. this this ludicrous version of Gotham but it's entirely stylized and not like anything I've seen before or since really and well, that's something I've always admired about his vision for this it's a weird thing because it's a piggyback off of Burton's to another like I don't think Joel Schumacher comes up with this idea without Burton's sure play set. so it's interesting to see like I would never create something like this but here's what I do with it if I I got my hands on it, and, and we see <laughs> yeah. that it's really nifty. Um, well, it's 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 weird because like it not weird, but it's Joel Schumacher's coming on board to this franchise, and it's like I don't know, Batman. What do I do? Well, Burton's done this, so just naturally extend off of that, right? And there's the comics. Mm-hmm. There, it's not not that comic accuracy is something that's like necessary but at the same time it's like there are comics that are like this specifically there's like the 40s era and 60s mm-hmm. era batman comics that reflect these kind of sensibilities like mm-hmm. it's you know for all the shit that schumacher and everybody gets for this movie it's like it's not like he just pulled this out of nowhere like there's yeah. stuff that's rooted in stuff that happens <laughs> well and I, I will say like chris o'donnell and a lot of the people who worked on this have said that you know the first time around we felt like we were making a movie and then with Batman and Robin we felt like we were making a toy commercial that was part of the thing which also is not wrong where, I, mean, where, yeah. I mean not wrong the, the studio heads got what they want they they pushed out Burton got a big hit in forever and then completely took over but they still let I mean to a degree Schumacher's probably just throw this in there put this vehicle in there put this costume on you know that's probably where that is but he's allowed to have a vision and voice through this i mean this has his styles his flair um and, and attitude but <laughs> that model of def- <laughs> defrosting this man yeah. i like i like how freezing him made it easier for him to carry over to the thing right now right. he had bad yeah. strength he had bad strength because as we all know ice cubes <laughs> ice cube people uh easy to take on this that's, is a, a, that's a fun map painting. The introduction of John Glover to DC, which he will like go on to voice like a ton of cartoon characters and then uh, be Smallville as Lionel Luther. Like he is a DC well, machine. Technically, he was voicing the Riddler in Batman the Emmett series. Before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. That's true. So he was he is on the, the payroll speed dial. And he is, you know, maybe by virtue of just being an incredibly experienced character actor is absolutely on the exact correct wavelength in his brief screen time yeah, it's, mm-hmm. where, it's where they toned it down for this movie but i mean yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's the job done. not since chris walked in a view to a kill no yeah. um i like this and honestly, I, so is she I, she's I, exactly what this film needs oh yeah she matched mm-hmm. uma thurman matches the movie that no question <laughs> i think my issue with schwarzenegger has always been a, I, just, I don't enjoy the character that he's doing. It seems like he came on set, got $25 million for six weeks' work, and basically nobody was telling him no at any point in time. Right. 
and the performance feels like somebody doing a bad spoof of what a stereotypical Schwarzenegger comedic performance is like. I mean, he is a good actor when he's properly directed. We know that. I think a version of that character with maybe a third less dialogue would probably go a long way because he just talks all the friggin' time. Yeah. And well, none of what he says is particularly funny. I, you know, while he is a gigantic get for like, there's no bigger yeah. star to put in a Batman movie at this point. Like, this is his first build. I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yeah, I, that was I don't, crazy. I don't think he's what anybody wanted for mr no. free like it was i believe patrick stewart well was here i i have that list right here for you the There's... fan desired one. patrick stewart was always the fan well, cast, because, fan because, cast, yeah. because every bald, the anime it's serious well and every bald yeah. ex, every bald comic book character <laughs> is patrick stewart that's that's yes. their thing that's why he's also wheels i mean so who was the list right? i have it right here it is ed harris patrick stewart okay. christopher lloyd was pursued uh <laughs> Stallone, which I think they just offer him and Arnold everything together, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Anthony Hopkins was also considered. Um, you know, Ed Harris would be perfect, like to bring the Batman the Animated Series one to life. Like that's yeah, could see yeah. that work yeah. tremendously. <laughs> I'll also say, according to Schumacher, Hulk Hogan was his third choice. Oh God. <laughs> oh. <sighs> I don't know if that's either Schumacher or Hulk Hogan saying that, but one of them was like, you know what, freeze. Um. And I don't know, I, I, you know, obviously what's done is done, but I do wonder what this film would have been like with, honestly, any actor that was giving a, a performance, all due respect, because mm-hmm. what, what Schwarzenegger is doing here is a vaudeville act, frankly. He is, but I mean, I, I, if anything, it just contrasts even more with the tone of this movie. I'm yes. not saying that makes him good in it by default, but I do think just by having someone more serious or what taking a more nuanced approach to this Mr. Freeze role, I, you know, the rest of the movie is still the rest of the movie. Maybe, yeah. it count, maybe it balances out, but it, I mean, it seems like the kind of thing where Warner brothers is happy with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is here. He's being big Arnold. And because Joel Schumacher's, you know, he's not, he doesn't seem like the director that's going to say, calm it down, please. Um, <laughs> I, I, and he, yeah. And the, this version of freeze is not, you know, he's not the animated series version, which is, you know, it's a tragic story with layers and there's an emotional depth or whatnot. This approximates that for the sake of the toy commercial that they're making. Yeah. And it's, it is what it is. I mean, basically. <laughs> it's, I, I, what's shocking is that, especially in retrospect, it's noticeably more campy. Mr. Freeze than the animated or the 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 Adam West versions. Right. Uh-huh. There's a couple different actors that played that role, and one of them, I think, Otto Preminger. Otto Preminger is deadly Eli serious. Wallach. Yeah. He's probably one of the more serious Eli Batman Wallach, yeah, on that yeah. show. Yeah. I, I will. I will say though, in terms of like having the villain pair ups and their contrast, or, you know, th- this is better than Batman Forever because yeah, at least Tommy, you know, you. Uma isn't trying to match Arnold scene for scene like Tommy Lee Jones is I agree. trying yeah. you know, with Jim Carrey, which he gets way off his character. I don't disagree because, yeah, I don't think I, as much as I like Two-Face, I don't like what Tommy Lee Jones is doing with Two-Face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the same time, I mean... I, I, you know, they're active in that movie where Arnold, as I've said, He's not really in this like he's he's shooting his sides and that's it. And maybe yeah. maybe if there was a more honestly, if there's like a junior era Arnold, like a 1994 Arnold, who's maybe a mm-hmm. little bit healthier, a little bit more active. Maybe that works better for this. Maybe he's able to invest more in what this thing is supposed to be. But, you know, if a guy that's just there to basically say, you know, say one liners. Mm hmm. 
it's not you know and he's not i don't think he's looking at batman run being like this is a whole new phase of my career i think he's just sitting there being like i'll say the lines and i get the money you know i'll try and smoke a cigar with jesse ventura offset like <laughs> the way i forgot about how silly oh yeah this him is pu- him putting these chemicals on her was uh, it's very Catwoman to an extent. To oh, I, oh yeah, it's, I it's, love it. A pile, of, yeah. a pile of plants it, and snakes, and you know, it's comic back. book stuff, magic. That, you know that yeah. we used to allow that stuff to happen. We'd be like, oh yeah, I'm watching fiction. Cool. And yeah. Not like, well, how does it really happen if she? Did... <laughs> like, um, I mean, I'm not the one that got mad at Jamie Foxx getting bit by a bunch of electric eels and turning into a lecture. It's like that's no, make, that just oh, makes sense. God, that just makes sense please. to me, guys. How else would that no, happen? That was yeah. dumb as hell. You got to be careful where no. you fall. Um, here's here's the, here's the subtle Arnold performance right here. The flashback video to what happened. Yeah, but, that, but you can watch where he becomes bad in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you can literally see it on this footage because right now it's ah! like it's like oh Pat hmm, my wife oh, let me, uh, let me. Oh! oh no ah! <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love this is what a this ah! this computer interface is just this is a blessing to watch <laughs> yeah, this is this is old Apple right here. <laughs> yeah I was gonna say this is like a real real throwback mm-hmm. I like that they had this security footage that also happened to have lots of coverage of that room well you know this now this is a a very interesting trend with batman loves getting security footage or footage he's not supposed to have of other people and revealing it in the most basic of ways (laughs) they did that in batman versus superman whenever when the justice league was revealed you know on real media player Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is batcave where he had that double dream sequence yeah (laughs) So this this is a, what a fun what a fun nod. So we got we have Clooney here. First time we're seeing like them unmasked. We got, so we got we got Clooney now as Batman, looking like you know sweet nineties Clooney. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming in because Val Kilmer says that he wanted you know the schedule the saint and whatnot, but more because Val Kilmer's like I don't want to fucking do this again. Um, <laughs> so he so he leaves uh, before Clooney gets on. They have William Baldwin um, in mind. Uh, because Billy Baldwin was, I guess, super hot at the time, and they're like, "We got to get that Billy Baldwin." Oh, we missed Alec back in the eighties. Yeah, we missed okay, Alec exactly. Chance. We missed Alec. Let's get the other one that looks kind of like him. Well, um, and then that from Dust Till Dawn poster came by Joel Schumacher's desk. Yeah, and it he did. Threw a Batman yeah. cowl on it, and history. Yeah, the <laughs> other one. The other one though, David Duchovny. They had David Duchovny in mind also. Oh, whoa! That would have been fascinating. <laughs> I, I. That would have been fascinating. Yeah. That's in the Keaton wheelhouse, though. I, I yeah. Gotta, yeah. Um, Clooney, though, you got it. Like everybody gives him shit, but he was literally walking off the set of ER, filming this movie, going back to ER, walking out. Like he was working. Like he's probably not well, sleeping. He's also a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. find no fault whatsoever in this Bruce Wayne here. Yeah. It's just there's um, no change. There's no change from Bruce Wayne to Batman. That's yeah. At the well, at this point, especially like, like you and we will probably get on this later, but Scott, you said many times like the. This is a very, like, settled healthy. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, a healthy yeah. A one that's, at he's, this point, has not concerned himself with the burden of his parents, but is more about the family that he's been creating in all these years. Yes. You know, by the end of Batman Forever, he has come to terms with the guilt 
and anger over his parents' death. And he realizes, spoiler, that he is Bruce Bruce Wayne and Batman, not because he has to be, but because he chooses to be. <laughs> so by the time we get to this film, he is literally doing it as, you know, for fun. Not for fun, but I mean, it's not something that, you know, as a, he just, he's doing he's it as a, torturing himself. He's doing it as a duty, not because yeah. he heard a Nirvana song how, and was like, you know what? How, I old be was, how old was Chris O'Donnell when he played Robin? 24. 14. 36. <laughs> it was 20 it was 24 Batman he looks, forever. Yeah, yeah he so looks he's, old. he's well, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a big Robin. <laughs> like, he's, he's, I was I was pumped when he got cast as Robin. I liked it. It was he was in that Three Musketeers movie. Uh yeah. back then and I I was like he was a cool young cat to have as Robin. Granted like he, like what was it? it was Marlon Wayans and then Warner Bros like you can't do that. Get yeah. out of here, Tim Burton. Get out of here. That was that was oh. way too early for them. <laughs> I mean, he got they fitted him for costumes. I mean, it's like you know he got fairly far along. It felt like more of a, a rejection of Burton. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think had Burton come back and you know, I mean, they already they already, gave Billy, they already gave him Billy D. Williams for Harvey Dead's. I mean, yeah. yeah. And then paid Billy D not to come back. So there's, yeah. Do you think she just knows that her lips are poisoned? Is like, oh, I, hope I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's like, she's saying she what it is, but it's just she woke up. And he's like, oh, I feel different. I wonder if my lips are poisoned. I don't know. Like, it's just he knew, and I think he knew too. He just, you know, there are worse ways to go. I love I, I, every there. single choice Uma Thurman makes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's. <laughs> And, you know, as usual, unfortunately, the women in this film got dinged far worse than the men. You know, it was Silverstone yeah. and Thurman who really took career hits from this picture, especially it, Silverstone. Here's the, yeah. Silverstone's oh. not great in this, but you take the damn part. You take the damn role. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, she should, I'm like, no. Even when I was take, a kid, I knew that. It's the biggest movie, like, blockbuster movie series, like, around. You're taking the role. Yeah. Like, I don't care if it works for me. I, I You say yes. Like, like if they offered it to like me, I'd be like, "Yep, I'll, I'll try. I'll try. I'm gonna be in that Batman movie." Um, What's fun about Thurman is that like even before she becomes Poison Ivy, she's already like playing this role big. Like she's already mm-hmm. playing. She's playing Pamela Isley big. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, and she she uh, she's genuinely good in this picture. I mean, if you want to talk about you know, I oh think God. Schwarzenegger is the only one that's genuinely bad in this picture. I, I don't think Silverstone's great, but I think she gets the job done. I think O'Donnell, O'Donnell is similar. okay, I guess. But again, it's 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 this was before you walked into a movie like this or The Shadow or The Phantom, expecting you know Oscar caliber performances. And sometimes we got one. Um, you know, Batman Returns for the obvious example, or Dick Tracy, which was nominated for an Oscar. Multiple but, Oscars. You know, Yes, I mean Pacino specifically. Yeah. Um, but again, I think honestly, not to you know, be a broken record, I think Schwarzenegger is the only one that really is bad. But because he's so ever present, both in terms of his larger than life persona and the sheer amount of dialogue that he takes up, and the fact that every a lot of other, especially the the smaller bit players, seem to be you know taking his cues, I think it it almost single handedly sinks the movie. I'm not saying this would have been a masterpiece with like you know uh, you know Patrick Stewart or anything, but it's it's what doesn't work about Batman and Robin is 
cannot be separated from the ridiculously over the top in a bad way work that Schwarzenegger is doing. Do you think there's a way that this works if it's not Mr. Freeze, if he's playing some other villain that just is more insane? Because he's such a wait, 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 yeah, Terrence, how about say that again? Yeah, like what if he was Bane? I think that'd be interesting. <laughs> and he played it like Bane, where yeah. he's has a level of intellect. He's and he's not just, but I mean, I guess I'm still asking. That's, like, a, that's a much darker movie than they're going for. It is, playing, yeah. and yeah. that's. But yeah. I guess I'm asking if he's giving the same performance, but as a different character. I mean, I wonder if there's. I don't know because it's Mister Freeze, where it's it's this weird zone where the animated series has done a such a good job of moving it away from the fact that this is a man that freezes people and he's called Mr. Freeze to making it something mm-hmm. more serious where this movie's like, this is a guy named Mr. Freeze that freezes people. Like how seriously you're supposed to take it. But I mean, you're not wrong, Scott, as far as there, it's not like Schwarzenegger is incapable of giving a fine comedic performance. He's done that yeah. multiple times. I just, I just think he was in a situation where either he was directed to, or he chose to give into all of his worst instincts and nobody just said no. Because you didn't have an Ivan Reitman or a Paul Verhoeven or a James Cameron to do the work. The um, woman playing Nora Freeze, uh, George Clooney was dating during this time, um, and I be- and I believe she also and she also went out with John Peters, who of course is a producer. <laughs> at the same time, not at the same time, but like oh. licorice pizzas, John Peters, licorice pizzas, John Peters, yes. Um, but, um, Kevin Smith's night at whatever's john peters yeah. <laughs> uh the tragedy of, of alicia silverstone she was a star for exactly two years she comes out with clueless which is a huge smash and she's considered the next big thing this is after building up some credits before oh uh, yeah yeah you know things yeah. like the crush and the aerosmith videos and what have you um and then this is i think her next movie after that it comes out and it bombs and she frankly takes a lot of the blame even before that, you know, some of the less than polite discourse was calling her fat girl because for whatever reason there were shots of the trailer where she looked, you know, sort of the camera adds 10 pounds kind of deal. Well, she reportedly, she like gained some weight um, that, which came out in the press and like it affected like how the costume was fitted for her and then because Fair. that's that's how the press wants to be. They're like, let's highlight this only and make yeah, fun of it. Yeah, the nineties. Have did you see that? Like a couple of weeks ago, there somebody was doing like a thread of like all of the actresses in the in the interviews from like the nineties and the early aughts, mm-hmm. and it is just oh yeah, mess. Every single interview that these actresses were doing or the publications that they were talking to were bad. Even like really respected actresses, so I can't imagine. Yeah, it's never about the film they're in or the work they're doing. No, and yeah, you know, I'm not going to defend the ain't it cool news era, but when I, you know, as someone who read that stuff, just because I was young, I was interested in it, whatever. There wasn't much around. Well, no, it wasn't. What I mean is that you know the level of lechery wasn't that much worse than what you were getting in the mainstream press. It was just slightly subtler about it. Um. Because, yeah, it was awful. I mean, it's, it's, it's. So, anyway, Batman and Robin comes out, it flops. She kind of sort of gets the blame. She comes out with excess baggage, which Same is here. a, a nor- yeah, like two months later, a normal, regular, whatever star vehicle that nobody which, shows up to. Which also, boom, she, she's done. Which she was like a producer on also, and it got, yeah. and it got bad reviews. Yeah. And bombed. So, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. And, and you're not, then and you're not she's wrong. done. Yeah. There's, didn't she come back like a, there, There's, there's blast from the past a couple years later which was already her comeback movie 
Yeah. <laughs> and but then after that, like there's nothing here. She shows up like, on a TV show that gets canned after like a year, yeah. right? Yeah, Miss Mask or something. Which like was there. supposed to be her yeah. comeback project. Yeah. And there is there's like just bit parts and stuff here and there, but it, yeah, it's like you're it's not you're not wrong. <laughs> like it's yeah, literally yeah. like this I mean, is the end of the after career. blast from the past, pretty much everything she does is sort of gimmick casting. Like, oh look, it's Alicia Silverstone. Cool. She was in one of the recent Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies. I know that. I did not know Babysitter's that. Club. Was she was terrific the- in the Babysitter's Club. That's the first one of the first times I've seen her where she actually looked happy to be there. She was miserable in that Valley Girl remake from a few years ago. Um, anyway, I'm going on one main, minor point. Um, Michael Guff is terrific in this picture. He's the best. He's the, he and Uma Thurman are probably the best things in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, and his <laughs> scenes with with Clooney obviously elevate the picture. And that's what, you know, in an ideal world, that's what this movie's about. You know, it's it's, you know, as I've said a few times here and there over the years, it's about, you know, an orphan who comes to turn with the death of his of parents and sort of finds himself like an accidental surrogate father for this found family and has to figure out how to be a dad while his his own surrogate father is on the cusp of death and that is a compelling story it that is, is it's a, it's on, a good on story, paper right? there's good yeah. stuff like i i think there's there's kind of a mi- uh, misconstrued thing where there's the this is starting to turn into the batman robin is good actually and i think that's people taking it the wrong way it's no there's good things that can be said about batman yeah. and robin despite it, i would say it's in the general adorable. outsider wheelhouse type thing, it's 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 a better movie than its than its reputation as like the yes. worst movie ever. Um, and there are good there are positives from it, and I think it's okay to highlight positives from bad movies. I don't understand why it has to get shut down the minute people are like, you know what I did like about the no shut up, it has to remain bad. It's like they're not going to go do this. There's well, there's, I, I've always joked that the sign of becoming an adult is when you realize that Batman and Robin is just a bad movie and not a war crime. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, it didn't ruin, like they, people knew right away. I this, mean, this get, hold on, this Bane thing right here where he's a valet and he's wearing <laughs> a, coat and, a coat and a hat to blend in. <laughs> As someone that hated Bane in the comics because he Quite frankly, pardon the expression, I thought he was a Mary Sue, Gary Stu type character. I, I thought this was hysterical. They basically just made him an, an idiot. <laughs> now, if you like Bane, I'm sorry, you'll eventually get the Dark Knight Rises. Um, I, I, one thing here too, like, it was weird the stigma this week because what Blade comes next year. Mm-hmm. So comic book movies are fine. Then Blade and X Men. Oh, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a it's a black superhero renaissance right here. It's right. Steel, Spawn, Blade, all of those. All Men in Black, classic. Black Mask. Men in Black, Black okay. <laughs> So you're saying Black Panther wouldn't first? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Marvel changes narratives. What? Um, well, I, <laughs> the grim truth is that Spider-Man and X-Men were so so big that I would realize is, wait, we should make these for white people now. Right. Uh so this movie, like when Batman Begins comes out, do you remember the conversations people were having that were so afraid from this movie that they couldn't trust something completely different from a wholly different wheelhouse? Like, oh, oh here we go again. The very <laughs> idea of a reboot 
at least in the terms of mainstream discourse, was relatively was foreign. It yeah. wasn't the first reboot. I'd say, you know, either Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves or Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes is probably the first quote unquote modern reboot. But Apes makes more sense as Robin Hood's like, yeah, he just, just I agree, versions all the time. Of William it. Babini and I debate about that all the time. So I'm just well, he's wrong. So there you go. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, back when Batman Begins came out, there were reviews by critics you think would know better that thought that it was a prequel to Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that's sort of where the mindset was back then. Yeah. Uh, real quick, we got to point out Gossip Gertie, who is played yeah. by Bob, Bob Kane's wife, right? Yes. And Bob Kane is still alive here. He dies like right after this movie comes out. This movie killed him. Very sad. No, I'd be kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and also, you have you have um, you have Elle McPherson here uh, yep. playing uh, Julie Madison, who's a who's, yes. a, comic, who's a comic book character. She's, she's she was his first girlfriend in the in the very 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 first comics. Yeah. All the um, women have color in this scene, by the way. All of them are dressed mm-hmm. in something. Everyone else is in bland suits. All the women that like stand out for like they put them in actual costumes. Yeah. And this one's kind of early in terms of having the villain with the pretty with a sympathetic motive. Um, well, uh, I mean, a, pay- a trend a trend that I wish would stop. Um, well, a trend that I think backfired over the last twenty years, but I mean, whatever. Penguin was thrown in the the in the, in the river by Pee Wee Herman, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't trying to do something good. Theoretically, she's trying to save the environment. She was trying to save all those poor parents from their children by murdering them. You're <laughs> right. I should have voted for Penguin, damn it. He, Penguin was right. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Um, Gossip Gertie eating the scenery, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's everything about this. Just this wig is yeah. killing me. <laughs> killing me. But it's Uma Thurman in glasses, so it's still hot. Very important. Um, How did this, this rain, the rainforest ball is happening to that? It's, it's the font on the on the car that is the most amazing thing. It's it's very word art. I like that there's it's a special appearance by Batman and Robin. That for one thing, it's like these are guys are supposed to solve crime, right? But whatever. But also, yeah. I guess they like did they call them? I feel like guys, are you going to show up to the ball tonight? <laughs> You get to Gordon. Gordon's like Batman. By the way, once you finish up this jewelry, <laughs> we got to talk about this ball. Hey, look, to go Poison to. Ivy's Twitter now. <laughs> Batman it's and like... Robin, the warm-blooded oppressors of the status quo. <laughs> it's like Peter Parker getting all of those amazing pictures of Spider-Man. You know, he just yeah. knows them. <laughs> yeah, he's... here's more. Oh. Ar- here's our more Arnold Good footage. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> this is some really fascinating makeup for this. Hey George, I'm eating cake with your wife. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's delicious. Your girlfriend. I, I'm sure it was not easy. It took no, hours, it, probably, and probably yeah. stra- also stressful on him to do this. Uh, yeah, and the the I mean the produ- every aspect of this production is awesome, including these really cool freezing effects because mm-hmm. the work is there. Yeah, <laughs> you can even yeah, and you're not wrong. The visual effects, despite this being the only Batman movie of this Who's era, not, this to, not to be nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> Who's the cameraman on the home video footage? DeVito, of course. Oh, okay. um, but, <laughs> but no, like all... Like, he these, called up Cameron for a favor. I mean, the what are you doing tomorrow? Terrence. It's Roman I mean, Bridger. Yeah. Terrence. All of... Yeah, like, I, I definitely agree. Like, the production is top notch for the, the time period. 
The money uh, is there. You see yeah, it. It's definitely like, on screen. Uh, depending on who you ask, this might have cost 125 or it might have cost almost as much as Waterworld's last Titanic. 125 and I, $1997? In, in 90s dollars. Yeah. It's a lot, but it's, you know, Batman, Batman Forever cost a hundred. So but Batman and Bond are the biggest things going at yeah. this point. So and James Cameron movies. And James yeah. Cameron movies, of course. Yeah. And uh-huh. you know, regardless of which budgetary figure is true, the money's on the screen. Yeah, you see it. All. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean it, it But that's what I've always noticed when it comes to like, I always go back to Superman Returns because I know some of that is because we developed other Superman movies, but it's like that movie still looks so ugly and green. And I look at these other movies, are like, these look great. Like the money's yeah. all here. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you didn't have to. You didn't have to drag. I, I'd have to like that. Hey, give me oh, give, once you, right. when, when you give me a better <laughs> Superman movie, I won't drag it. <laughs> so you didn't have to do that. Um, it's, not, it's not like I I took out Brandon Routh and shot him. I just don't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you, not. He's a nice guy. Yeah, we like him. Great. Yeah, I met him. He's, um, nice. he's a very nice dude. <laughs> Gossip Gertie, right at the front of the party, by the way. Of course. <laughs> and I. I, I I do question the wisdom of Batman and Robin holding the giant gala to, to bait a guy that they know broke the last time he committed a crime, just froze everyone that was there for shits and giggles. He's got his bat heaters. Mm, it looks warm in there, though, you know. And, uh, and Commissioner Gordon apparently brought the heart of the ocean, so we have that going. <laughs> I love this one guy in here that goes nuts, like in his bid. Oh, All right, here we go. Oh, yeah, this guy. Oh, lovely Magnolia! It's Sam Elliott's cousin. <laughs> I guess you they couldn't can buy the, uh, those polar bear slippers, by the way. Oh, okay. what? That's what I've been Googling in the background. Mr. <laughs> Freeze polar bear slippers. Are those slippers? Good. Good to know. They're like, <laughs> they're like $30 at Walmart. Something what like other movie can you get where there's an erotic gorilla dance? I know. King nope, Kong. Nope. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> or some other kaiju movie that you know about that I don't. But generally speaking, the answer is none. I mean, on this scale, sure, <laughs> you, you you win this round, Scott. <laughs> yeah, this is there's a lot. This takes the cake. I do like that Joel Schumacher directs extras. Like very clearly, he's like, okay, everybody react this way or that way. And there's always like you just mentioned, Brandon. There's always like one that goes extra over the top. Mm-hmm. Like, this like was it, the inspiration for that scene in Titan or Titan on the on the fire truck. I no doubt. I'm sure Tacoma was like, remember, remember who was dancing way through Batman and Robin. That's what I want you to do in this opening sequence. In one of the more redundant moments in cinematic history, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy blows a bunch of pheromone dust at men so they'll fall in love with her. There's a number of choices for Ivy as well, obviously. Uh, Julia Roberts is on the table. Okay. Yeah. Her and Arnold in the same movie at this time. Oh, my God. That it might have actually been a hit. I mean, they both had movies on the same weekend, so <laughs> it worked out. Same day, night. Right? They yeah. the same day. I said same weekend. Yeah. Right. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> I, I saw them both. <laughs> um, Sharon Stone. Yeah. Okay. Which at yeah. that time. Makes Sharon, that would have been fun. Yeah. She, she, I mean, and she does this in Catwoman, but bad. Um, Demi Moore was on the list. Uh, I mean, at that point, those three actors, that makes plenty of sense. I know exactly what that looks like. Yeah. 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 Um, Reportedly, Feruza Balk was also in consideration. 
that is an outside the box suggestion that would have been interesting. Was it? Okay. Yeah, okay. It wasn't just who's hot and famous right it, now. It's right after the the craft. Like yep. it, it. Yeah. If they wanted to go a certain angle, it'd be playing bad girl and poison ivy against the other because they're relatively poison the same ivy. age. Here's a buck seems more harley quinn material than poison ivy but i'm sure that was probably their next yeah. consider I, I, i'm yeah since, since schumacher wanted to do that next i have no doubt that that was probably who he had on her mind i mean yeah like debbie mazar who is very much the if you can't get her get her but she was already in. she was in, she was in forever, for forever so, yeah. that's what i was yeah. saying I'm like <laughs> he's got a type okay well because you have drew barrymore who's just like the same but blonde yeah I mean, so it's like and both in that movie uh also if uh, supposedly um, there's a version of this where if Burton was doing Poison Ivy, Gina Davis was going to be Poison Ivy. Oh, that'd be cool. See, you the heart Rennie Harlan would have, if he did a Batman, she'd have been Poison Ivy too. <laughs> and, and he'd bankrupt another studio. <laughs> Warner Brothers was doing just fine until they let Rennie make a Batman movie. Cutthroat cut, cut Batman. They really were not well. doing just fine right now, actually. Warner this was in the middle of a not great period for them, with the slight exception of contact, which cost a lot, but it did it was relatively successful. Well, this is they their, were they were in a multi-year slump between this and the matrix. And this is their highest grossing film of the year, and it yeah. and it lost money for the yeah. moment, so. <laughs> Um not them fighting over Poison Ivy like this. And then they had you know, tossing out millions. There's the credit card. <laughs> I mean, po- Poison Ivy never appeared in the 66 show, but if we can imagine, it would be similar to this, I'm sure. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's the film is sort of a mix of the 60s camp with, mm-hmm. I would say, to a certain extent, the late 50s comic, which isn't exactly anyone's favorite era of the comic books, Scott, which I think I- can. And a character from Nightfall. Scott, you're not making any sense to me. Batman comics only exist between 1982 and 1994. And Frank Miller was the only writer. 1986 and 2000. It started with The Dark Knight Returns. It ended with uh, No Man's Land. Nothing else ever happened in the Batman universe. I've always thought it'd be cool because, you know, when I read comics, Batman had a blue suit and gray, blue and gray. I was like, you know what? What if they did that on film? What would that look like? I'm still waiting to see that version. I want to see that. Yeah, I was. I would love to see that many years ago, but you know, Zack Snyder screwed you. <laughs> no, the other one. Yeah, that too. I guess <laughs> he went. He, he went. The, he went the Miller route unpredictably. Yeah. Hey, at least <laughs> hey, that's another film that looks better than Superman Returns. Of course. <laughs> Batman <laughs> <and> Superman. <laughs> yes. Does it look better than Superman Returns? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Singer's movie is very ugly and very green. Like that is it was a uh, seagull shooting his movies. What's your favorite Cal Penn quote from Superman Returns? (laughs) (laughs) He has one line. It's like we got away. And it's it's not it's it's from behind his head or off screen. Wait, wait, he does have a line. He has yeah, one it, line. There's like a YouTube all... video devoted to the fact that he has one line. It's, it's off screen. No uh, my my world is is blown. My my world is shattered. Clever little Clover is, I think, my favorite like Arnold line in this movie, just because it's like that's better than the average one liner that he has in this movie. It is, and it's because he's like and, he's using his science know how. It's like I understand what this is. And I'm not falling for it because yeah. I'm an ice because I'm an ice person. 
So I, I have a question for you all. In preference of Batman suits, do you Ooh. do you prefer the the type that is here from Burton through Schumacher or the like military tactical suits that have been through from Nolan to now? Well, how specific do you want to get? I like do do you like your bat suit looking busy and like someone could have made it in real life or do you prefer it to just be a superhero outfit i mean i'm always gonna like the keaton suit because it has the yellow emblem that's, and everything that's yes. my favorite yeah that's my favorite and the yellow emblem is my favorite logo but you gotta i gotta have the yellow emblem damn it but, but i and I, like i respect the the snyder suit because it's it's yeah it's a comic book suit like it looks yes. like returns like yeah it's, it's yeah neat. but i'll but i'll and i i like I like Pattinson suit because I like the cape on it. Like I think the cape yeah. looks really good on Terrence. You you make costumes. What do you think? Where are you at with all this? That's what I, this is a, this is such a hard question because I'm like, I mean, I I like my comic book movies to feel like comic book movies. Like I do not need them to be ground. Like this this hoe is gliding on the air with his cape. Like I don't need it to be a suit <laughs> that he made out of materials that he found in the back cave. But I do think. I do think I like, uh, I think the Bale ones look the best to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's none that I dislike, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, even these ones in the Schumacher movies, like, you can make fun of the anatomically correct nature yeah. of them all you want to, but yeah. it's like they're their own thing. Like, I'm not against it. <laughs> yeah, I think if they, if he was not, if he did not need to be so anatomically correct yeah, didn't need, in yeah. the suit, mm-hmm. you could appreciate it a little more. This I, this is a wonder of physics right here that I love. <laughs> this is where they're driving on this insane statue that's just a hand reaching out into Gotham. Not up, even just like down into Gotham. I don't know what's yeah. going on with this thing. And they're like balancing four-wheel cars on this just driving around. It's wonderful. This is like micro machines that you play with. And you're like, yeah, what if they did that in a Batman movie? This is a fun <laughs> shot right here too when he drives off the hand and like Bat- and Robin's in the foreground. And he's like, no! It was a good trailer shot. Um, right there, here it is. No, <laughs> he's screaming at everything. Oh my goodness! Um, as far as suits, I obviously I'm partial to the first, you know, the first three f- films because they have the yellow oval thing. Mm-hmm. But I think if you had stuck a yellow oval on the Dark Knight suit or the Pattinson suit, those might be my favorites. I, I think I think that about the patent suit for sure. If you put a little yellow on it, but that movie's like we don't need color except when it's red. So like that's not that's not what they're doing. Enough. What's the what's the anti yellow logo real, real, sentiment? Real real Boom. quick. Here's this model shot of Arnold Schwarzenegger because that's not him. <laughs> um, like on the oh my god! Is that even Clooney? I doubt, I don't think so either. I, I that feel, <laughs> like it honestly feels like a pickup. Like it's just such a weird shot that they have where. We don't but it's like know. a big hero shot. Too, a, yeah, but yeah. it's like, but if you're like, they realize they needed one. Like they yeah. have the shot of him getting to him, but it's like, oh, we need to like actually show him like capturing him or else. Because it was Clooney how... going through that yeah. windshield, but yeah. not the easy stand. Uh, oh, gosh. I wonder how like practical these suits were. Like this doesn't feel like not, the time where not. they like actually consider <laughs> actors' feelings <laughs> no, the, about the, the, being it. The consistent, the, the consistent thing about these 90s era Batman movies is that uh, they're all very heavy. They get progressively less heavy, but because of that, throughout each movie, they wear through them more. So bat- between Clooney and his stuntmen, they go through like 50 suits on this movie. Jeez. Because, because it's 
because it's this like it's this rubber yeah. material but because they've made them lighter for to be a less of an expense for the actor that means they rip a lot easier <laughs> so if they just ran through these suits it's probably why it costs so much money because we have to make multiple versions of all of this shit that <laughs> can keep doing this I will say that you know, even when I saw this when I was you know, 17, it was unusual to see a movie like this where they captured the villain halfway through the movie. Well, Scott, you mean like Batman Forever? Wait, <laughs> no. They don't catch Two-Face halfway through. Oh, it's at the beginning, isn't it? No, he gets away. Oh, he gets away. Don't they catch him? I thought they... No. no. He no. tries He no. tries to trap Batman in, in that vault. Oh, with, that's right. With, right. with, with not Wayne Knight, and, and, he, <laughs> and, and he gets away. My shoes oh, are no. melting! Boiling acid! Um, Yeah, and, you know, obviously I'd see the trailer, so I knew, you know, he's that at some point in the film he's in jail and, you know, mm-hmm. Ivy busts him out, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, again, it was like, oh, that's different. I've never seen that before in this kind of movie. So this is this is the kickoff to the villain guts cop the whole and wants that's the plan yes. the whole time. Well, it's not really the plan. This no, movie no, that's not the plan way. whatsoever. If X, Ivy X, doesn't X, break him out, he's finished. X two perfects this by making it the plan the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and other than this scene, you know, obviously this scene is very good, but this is where the film starts to sort of drag a little bit because there's just not much going on between now and the very end of the picture. And part of that is because you know they caught Mister Freeze already. Well, they caught him, and, and, now, and now it's a matter of we need to protect. We need to play up this idea that Robin is falling in love with Poison Ivy and doesn't realize it. And yeah, and, it's, it's, and this needs to cause melodrama between the dynamic duo for like thirty minutes. It doesn't work it. because a you don't believe that Robin's that stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, and b it doesn't work because it's not genuine because they've both been doused with pharaohs. Yeah. Oh, also, also, uh, that Batgirl's a secret um, stunt race driver at night. Yes, and we need to she, do. She's getting also. the uh, you know the Dick Grayson from the last movie treatment. Yes, yeah, um, almost they're, identically. They're dance fighting there, just Dick Grayson. Oh, oh from the other. Okay, yeah. I had like a, I was like, Dick Grayson is in this new one. I haven't seen the newest Batman, so I don't know. Um, yeah, this is... It is interesting that they never really play up any kind of romantic sparks between the two of these kids. They are doing that. What are you talking they about? They do that. There's some lines at the end of the movie and stuff. Yeah, All the longing stares. Yeah, his whole, Chris O'Donnell's whole thing is, I'm constantly staring at you because you're a... <laughs> You're a new girl that suddenly entered this man castle that I live in. Yeah. <laughs> and Alfred's just like, go for it, Master Dick. It's my daughter or granddaughter, whatever. <laughs> is Patrick Leahy one of the prison guards here? Or is that a different scene? I think he is. Yeah, Isn't I know um, Vent- Ventura is somewhere. Yeah, Ventura is the and other one. The other guard. Yeah. Sven Olf Thorson's one of them, too. Yeah, he's, he appears in every Arnold movie. Yeah. Oh. In the party scene, I believe, uh, or no, not yet. Never mind. I'll get to that. There's some other cameos in this movie, but they're, I think, they're the motorcycle things. Um, but uh, yeah, we get there. Well, not transporting Coolio... the in the actual fridge. Oh yeah, Coolio's here. We'll yeah. get, we'll, we'll get there. That's later on. <laughs> we have a lot of movie left. Yeah. Did we see the costumes already? The two, or is that later? Not yet. That's that when, was, that's when Poison Ivy gets in there. Yeah. This is like the, this is probably the best that Schwarzenegger is in this movie, right? As just as Freeze, yeah. With the trailer because he doesn't have to wear that big fucking costume, so he can act. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> that's why. Maybe that's part of what it is. 
I can't. I think he's it trying is. to act yeah. against the suit. Well, I think it's it because that's a that's you know it's not easy to do that. But also, yeah. you know, if he's not feeling the best, putting on a sixty pound Mister Freeze costume is going to help that anyway either. And being directed to be like, it's a toy movie. Okay, I think I got this. I don't know, whatever. I mean, those faces are pretty exaggerated. But before that, when he was just talking to the guys, it's pretty. It's, it's pretty good, like Arnold Menace. <laughs> Is it, and this is, we've only seen Arkham like once in forever at the end, right? We haven't Correct. seen Arkham yep. before. Yep. This. this is the first like extended period of time spent in Arkham Asylum. It's almost a surprise reveal at the end of Batman Forever. It's like, oh, Arkham, cool. Bane wearing that trench coat still. Mm-hmm. He's trying to blend in. Uh, Bane is played by Jeep Swenson, a man who was actually this big. Um, he was a stuntman in Batman Returns. Um, he's a big guy. He unfortunately passed away from heart failure pretty like pretty soon after this movie. He was 40. <laughs> uh, Kane Hodder was considered for Bane as well. Kane mm-hmm. Hodder who's portrayed Jason a few times. At, at this point, he's played him like what? Once or twice, Brandon? Uh, this time he's played him three times three. going for a fourth because Jason X filmed plenty before it yeah. came out. <laughs> yeah. I like the uh, Schumacher's thing about like finding street thugs is like, yeah, they're all neon. That's how thugs are in the. the I can, I can, I can smell the incense. I think, and I, I can't speak for this film, but I know in Batman Forever there was a part of that was to make sure that the thugs weren't too scary for kids. I, it worked, I guess. Yeah. Hey, this stuff looks cool in 4K. The yeah, HDR. I, oh yeah, awesome. I bet it does. It looks cool on my laptop or cool my right desktop. <laughs> Um, what was the next step of their plan? <laughs> now, <got> him. <laughs> for what it's worth, I'm not saying the original script was like super dark or anything, but in the actual script, he kills these people. Uh, and there are a few bits and pieces that are slightly more explicitly violent, relatively speaking, than the finished film. Yeah, there's some stuff in here that's all considerably darker that's taken out like uh Elle McPherson's character is murdered by poison ivy and yes like they shot that yeah. and oh. like i guess and i guess we shouldn't do that <laughs> i think was at some point their plan i guess we shouldn't show batman lose you know his his uh, fiance getting murdered by poison ivy because that's a little too dark for kids uh yeah that doesn't seem wise yeah there's there's only is there only like one death in this movie and that's john glover is that it um no because there's I mean, like we assume he, batman doesn't heal all the frozen security guards in the opening scene i mean there's he's too busy freezing unfreezing robin okay scott come on for one thing <laughs> you're, you're going <laughs> off the assumption that the innocent policemen die <laughs> that's your that's your fire you know what i'm saying though i mean it's beyond like henchmen that crash into walls and oh yeah or whatever then there's as far john as, like, glover as far as characters that die in this movie isn't it pretty much john glover and maybe some people that she kisses along the way yeah the two guards so. she kills in a couple of minutes like it's a pretty like none of the villains die. Well, Bane dies, no. I guess, right? Bane. Bane like, uh, no, he does not die. Doesn't he? No, doesn't no. he? No, he gets his venom just you know knocked out. And Nothing he, like crashes. Whittles, I guess we'll see. I thought something like crashes back to his normal self. I thought well, like the building crashes on him or something. No, no. Right. Previous movie of what? Five Graysons and a Two Face die. Uh, we're not. Brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> Comparatively, yeah, because a lot of henchmen die. No. But again, it was it was very them. bloodless. It was very you know 
Nobody got their nose bitten off. Nobody, yeah, there's yeah, there, it, it, they're still considerably less violent than yeah. the murder sprees that happen. It's swashbuckling violence. <laughs> yeah. It's Star Wars violence. But even then, it's still like Two Face, like casually being like, I guess I'll flip a coin and baby shoot a guy in the face. Like in yeah. this movie, it's just like nobody's shooting anybody. We have ice guns. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. Is this her yeah. last scene in this movie? I believe so. Bruce, because they because they cut a lot of stuff, and including the death scene of her. Uh, but like, because I, I, whenever I watch this movie, I always forget. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. He has a fiance, and then she just is not in it anymore. It's what. You know what's interesting about these early Batman? They all four of them. They all shoot in one eighty five. Which yeah. now default you have to shoot two thirty five, but nobody knows really how to shoot in that. And Batman, these movies feel big, and even in their smaller, more intimate scenes like this, feel bigger than a lot of the huge action sequences in some of these Marvel movies. Well, it's funny because in terms I, of photography, because uh, Whedon did it both ways. He did one eight, he did one eight five for um, Avengers, and then mm-hmm. went went wide for. Um, age of ultron mm-hmm. i think age of ultron technically there's a lot of i think there's an increase in skill there i think that's right. noticeable but avengers it feels like a bigger it has this kind of iconicism to it just based mm-hmm. on how he's framing certain shots even being a guy that's coming out basically from tv and making the biggest movie of all time uh, it still has a certain look to it where it's like you don't you don't forget that you know that spin around shot of all the avengers in that movie right Mm-hmm. like it, it that's iconic at this point like that's 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 going to be in cinema history as far mm-hmm. as like things that happened um even if he you know in, upgraded as a as a filmmaker for the next movie that stands out but you're, you're not wrong like all these other all like shoot a certain first, way. Right, I, I feel like first spider-man was 185 then he went yeah. to 235 yeah. i think just to have so he could make sure that spider-man and doc ock were in the same frame it, yeah, right, it, was, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was effects based yeah yeah well, I, I think part of it, like, too, like, they just see, they're like, well, Star Wars is 235, it's huge, boom. Like, it's like, there's a craft and technical mastery that comes with it, and just doing a bunch of second unit digital later stuff doesn't quite pick up. Yeah, but it's well. a skill in knowing yeah. when to shoot and what. I mean... Hey, hey Clockwork Orange. Is this I mean, Space Jam a new legacy all of a sudden? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Jurassic Park was 185 for me. Exactly. Sense. I mean, you... Yeah. Uh, I think they underappreciated. I, I, I think they all are except for Fallen Kingdom. I think that's the first one that goes 235. Uh, Jurassic World, I think it's like two. I think it's sort of a happy you're, medium. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it, you're not right. Yeah, because there's Coolio. Um, but yes, two, three, I think lost. Hold on. There, not only there's Coolio in between, that's Nikki Cat right there. Who goes right, yep. Dark Knight. <laughs> and he's he's um, 80 yard. That's not Nikki Cat's voice. In oh, movie. okay. Boston Public. Why Nikki was Kat. it 80 yard? I don't know. He didn't sound menacing. Just sound enough. tougher. This uh, must have been one of his first anythings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Haim somewhere in this scene as well. Oh, obviously people cheered. They saw that was him. nice. That was nice of him. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, but I mean that was nice of Schumacher to give him a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, he needed a he needed one lost boy. Yeah. Um. Uh, I yeah I just I think yeah just I feel like blockbuster nowadays is just like well it's two thirty five because those that's big but our. Our movie theater screens are set for 185 now. It used to be because the screen was bigger in the yeah. in the multiplexes, and and the the curtains would come up for a 235 or for a 185 movie, and they would close a bit for it. But now we have 185 movies, and it's shrinking, matting mm-hmm. the screen down for 235. So it's 
kind of if they even matter otherwise it's just, it just looks like walking a giant they don't TV. they don't yeah 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 at, at the, the bigger chains they don't for sure right so it's it's really backward thinking or you know doesn't there's, make a whole lot of sense there's a lot of good shots of this motorcycle chase yeah, <laughs> yeah objectively this is a terrific motorcycle chase. There's, there's some good cinematography going on here uh, oh. one last thing about the the aspect ratio thing that, that i know the thing that got me excited for bumblebee of all things was that it was 185 mm-hmm. because michael bay is always like let me do 235 for these giant fucking robot movies and then just have these like clumps on the screen and have this wide mm-hmm. fucking space and they just like what the f-? like <laughs> yep and he's good at this. He knows how to use effects, but he's like, yeah. let me have Does all he? the space. I, he, he knows how to use effects. And the first time he does an action scene in IMAX ratio, it's a coolest scene in the franchise. It is. When he, when he expands the screen, yeah. so like they fill it properly instead of having <laughs> like 235 version of Transformers, which are supposed to be ginormous. It's like, what are you doing, Mike? Like, what? I don't understand. Um, it's what I, Terrence, like, I hear what you're saying. I do, it, when it comes to CGI in his movies, CGI tends to look very good in Michael Bay movies because he, it holds up on home video better he, than yeah. he hires most directors. He hired whether or not he can frame it appropriately. That's, yes, okay. that's, 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 yes. that's another yeah. question. But in terms of how good that stuff looks, it tends to look very he's good, good with shadow <laughs> shading and making it fit the aesthetic of what he's shooting lighting wise. But, um, because yeah, when you, when his stuff would come to home video, it usually you know in theater looks fine. Then he comes to home video, and you're like, okay, that's CG. His stuff usually holds up quite well to scrutiny when it in terms of the the CGI. Now framing whole, all that stuff, that's a whole different. This whole scene has a certain episode one pod racer feel to it. Um, neither criticism nor compliment, especially I mean, with the random saboteurs doing random shit to punk the other riders. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some second unit people that yeah. are on the same sets because it's Skywalker. <laughs> now, when I was a kid, and even now, this was cool. Like, I like this. Oh, yeah. Like, this oh, is yeah. fun to watch. You know, the person goes over the ledge, catches them, all that. Pulling a vertical limit here for Christmas. <laughs> Titan theatrics. It works. It's, you know, things we should allow in movies that we don't because it doesn't feel real. She lost yeah. her helmet, though. It was a nice helmet. And now Scott's gonna like try to go on this lie again that they're not romantically interested in each other. That's... Yeah, <laughs> I guess I was expecting something more. I mean, I mean, Batman Forever that movie's horny as hell. These are the fast forward scenes for the Scott. Well, He's like, yeah, well, because because uh... because Nicole Kidman's written to be nothing but object in that movie. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Where she at least has like a backstory that's similar to all. They're all you know orphans. <laughs> that's their common thread between them. <laughs> And what bonds them? Um, other Batgirls, uh, Olivia Diabo was up for the role. I think um, that's kind of past her time that she would have been up for. I, I thought that too when I read that. I was like, she was like an adult when she made like the big green. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jennifer Love Hewitt was the other one. Um, of course. Party of Five got in the way. Um, that's what I understand anyway. Maybe there's a regardless. But she's the other like I, I don't think nev campbell was about to do a uh, batman movie so no. <laughs> that's a like i i love jeffrey love hewitt but that's like a, a let's get a name choice rather than does it fit the role choice well unfortunately that's where a lot what a lot of these would be castings feel to me the ones that he's read off especially yeah. more so for the female roles just because that's you know i mean jennifer love hewitt would have been fun i yeah. think 
not that I necessarily need to point this out, but this is still the only live action Batgirl that's been in a movie. <laughs> Just, until, the, yeah. until this next one. Until this the next one on that's the, coming up, yeah. On the big screen. Live action Batgirl that's been on the big screen. We'll live action that. movie. I said, yeah. <laughs> live action movie that's played on the big screen because the other one's HBO Max straight oh, yeah, too. Right. I, isn't it going to theater now? Didn't they change that? Uh, oh, do they? No, it's still. I think they're eventually going to put it in theaters, but mm-hmm. for now, it's still officially HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's not anything I've heard; it's just my own speculation. This stuff is. I think it's the suit. I think it is. Like this stuff is good with him. Like, yeah. He, I know it's simple. He's just holding a thing, but there's still like you can see a character there. Oh <laughs> yeah, when he's 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 just acting yeah he's not he's shutting the hell up like you mentioned for a second he's not talking he's just like like that's something he's he's doing something right here that i i can i can appreciate more than yes the constant ice puns partially because he's supposed to be this tragic devastated you know figure but he's always cackling and putting and then just looks like he's having a grand old time just doesn't mesh just to be clear not only does Arkham Asylum accept visitors, they accept someone that looks like this walking down the hallway. You realize she has that fragrance that's kind of mind controlling, right? I like yeah. again, I imagine, I imagine she's had her way through there. Like I haven't this. lost focus on the fact that this is a very comic book movie and and throwing in the camp. It's just thinking about the idea that this person dressed in electric green is walking through the hallways so she can visit so she can visit some because visitors have I mean what else do you wear to Arkham Asylum? Right? You're not wrong. Yeah. You wear a trench coat and a hat like Mr. Bane. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> which one has the eye patch? Is that Sven? That's I think Lee Lee Patrick Lee. Yeah, this, I, I don't know. Uh, where is Sven? And I know he's in here. The Riddler, Two Face died, folks. Yeah, that was confusing to me. They, they, what, they, can't, they can't get his costume. <laughs> he didn't have other suits in that lair that he had. That could be true. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> How could they get another Two Face costume in here? Why would they keep it? He's because dead. that because the, where do you keep supervillain stuff in the Arkham Asylum closet? That's where. <laughs> Have we had a Bane like, roaring? I guess we haven't had too many superhero movies to begin with. And I guess, well, it's Penguin and Catwoman, right? As far as pairing yeah. villains together for one of these things, which becomes a status quo for a while. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, every Batman since has had multiple villains. Does she change her eyebrows? Every, every scene? Has- or her hair, too, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, but, he, but the hair entirely... is the same color. Her eyebrows are like the whatever that is going around her eyebrows is different. I, even like stylized. She styles her hair differently and everything. I mean, yeah. same with the Riddler. Last movie, he's like constantly upgrading his costume. Differently. Yeah, I mean, for him, it's it's the you know the obviously the his as his character becomes more and more unhinged, his costumes become you know goofier and goofier. Um, and it keeps him safe when he's jogging at night. Yes. That that line killed my mom in theaters with the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps me safe and I'm jogging at night. <laughs> now that line was pretty damn funny to 15-year-old me. It's like I pay enough, I pay attention to the news enough to get that. Ha ha ha.
it, it, I like that his solution <laughs> involved winterizing pipes. That's winterizing the pipes. <laughs> I was able to make a pun out of this. It all worked out. <laughs> that seems like a long drop. <laughs> I mean that that killed that killed Should it, yeah. it, it killed Riddler's boss in the last movie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. It's okay. She like grew a plant at the bottom before they fell and caught their caught their fall. I do like Bane's thing. Oh <laughs> you said she grew a plant? Yeah, you know, at the bottom, right before the, she grew a plant out, they caught them. And so they're they're safe. That's why they that's why they oh, oh, you're making this up. Okay, carry on. No, that's canon. It's, it's, oh, okay. it's, it's in the Batman I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. It's in the novelization. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> I just thought you noticed some detail that I'd missed after all these years. <laughs> yeah, <right>. um, <laughs> I know everybody gives us, you know, including grief for the bobbing head thing, but I like it. It's a natural human thing. You know, it's, it's, you smile when you get bad news because it's sort of a coping mechanism. You know, it's, you know, we smile not to cry, blah, blah, blah. And it feels very naturalistic, actually. Um, which again, I think he's very good in this film when he's not in the bat costume. I wonder if there's someone that's charted like him grinning in movies. Cause I do feel like it's more present in the nineties and then he gets sadder and sadder as movies mm. kind of go along for him. <laughs> that's not, that's, that's not me criticizing Clooney, but it does feel like he's making very deliberate choices along through his career where he's, he, he, I think he, cause he's a smart guy. I think he's always known that he's got a long, got a long way through just sheer charisma to build yeah. up to a certain point. I think he won the Oscar. Because he put on Sirana, sad face. And it was like, we're not going to be happy anymore. Yeah. Well, his, his his first words were, "Well, it looks like they're not giving me best director." Yeah, <laughs> and he hasn't made a, a better film since. Um, so Pretty much. You know. a, like you say, he's smart. Like you'll notice his name creeps up as a producer on stuff. And you're like, oh wow, okay. I, like, I know. It, like, I, wait, he, he won a producer what, Argo. He won a producer yeah. Oscar. Yeah, on that. yeah he has yeah. an Oscar. Yeah, he has a best picture Oscar. And between you know the coffee and tequila business, or whatever, whichever drink he has, it's he's got, yeah, the, it is tequila. The guy's smart. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's a ridiculous billionaire who's married to someone else that's like even smarter than him. Like, there's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no shortage. Yeah, his, of what he's, his of wife's what he's like a doing. world court prosecutor for global war crimes or something. Yeah, and cool. and Scott, Scott, <laughs> you said like while being like this big star and like household name. Box office, not so much, right? Well, because a lot of the films that he makes or made are the kind of films that A, wouldn't exist if not for his interest, and B, aren't the kind of films that even, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, packed the halls. I mean, it's not like a movie like The American ever would have been a blockbuster, even in the 70s. But because he's there, you do get the, you know, 10 to $15 million at opening weekend of people that still like, like that kind of picture. I mean... Outside of Batman, I assume his top three films are Oceans 11, 12, and 13. Gravity. Gravity. Yeah. I forgot Gravity. Yeah. Okay. Which, to be fair, yeah, but he's only in the first act of that picture. Yeah. What happened? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he safely flew home. Yeah, that's okay. That's how I remember it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Perfect Storm, too. Perfect Storm. Yeah. Biggest oh, yeah, hit of the yeah, summer yeah, that yeah. year. Yeah. Um, 
Well, the, yeah, I mean this, and that's in more of his like. Yeah, yeah, I'm, but I, I'm, I'm becoming the lead star guy that exactly. I exactly before. But like, you know, yeah. he doesn't sign up for something like you know, Burn After Reading or. Uh, I mean, even what was the one that he did about the Monuments Men budget, notwithstanding, Ooh. expecting it to be a giant blockbuster. Um, you know, or yeah, Diary I mean, of uh, the the filmy director with Sam Rockwell, the uh, Confessions of a Dangerous. Man. Oh, thank yeah. you. But well, I the, mean, out, you can uh, say those films left audiences cold. But they're also cheap <laughs> enough that they don't have to be blockbusters anyway. But yeah, um, it also comes know, out like he because he's in like Coen Brothers movies. One thing it gets them funding and marketing that yes. they wouldn't get otherwise. Um, so it is. Oh, he's movie. been very savvy about using his capital. Yeah, and, and he even said, and I'm paraphrasing, but you know, after this movie, he basically sat down with his accountant and said, you know, can I just. He basically said, you know, you really don't have to worry about money ever again as long as you don't blow it. I'm trying to find Clooney's filmography, and I got to the section on Wikipedia that says motorcycle accidents. Oh, God. <laughs> There's multiples. <laughs> Jeez. 2007, 2007 again, and 2018. Yeah, that would. Clooney and his cycles and Ford and his planes. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Batman and Robin are fighting Bane in the ice cream factory. <laughs> As one does. So so whose like, career doesn't really truly survive this movie? Is it, I mean, Schumacher. Thurman's fine, Schumacher's reputation. Uh, I think Silverstone takes the biggest. Oh, Silverstone's Silverstone, the biggest Oda- O'Donnell's not the huge commodity he once was. Like Clooney and Thur- Thurman come out fine. Arnold ends up on his own accord going into politics and stuff so well, that, yeah. yeah arnold's already in like this like he's past the biggest thing and he's just like he's certainly arnold but yeah like and his movies start becoming eh, kind well, of well, movies schumacher, but... schumacher might not have been as big but yeah he did do phantom of the opera no schumacher didn't stop making movies but yeah I mean, there's certainly and he got tigerland that was pretty that was like a comeback like, yeah, like, even, he, even phone booth was that got good good, booth, good yeah. enough reviews and was a moderate hit i mean for a small movie like it was like schumacher's career is interesting in that yeah I, I think to a certain extent he was able to at least return to the kind of movies he made before i don't know the client i guess that was probably his first the client big, was big film because that got that him was, forever yeah exactly yeah. Um, oh, yeah, but, it, i mean I can only imagine what his directorial reputation would have been if he had walked away after Batman Forever. Because he had a good, you know, he had a strong, interesting, varied filmography he was, before these films. I mean, he, had, he, had a, he was a journeyman. He had a little, yeah. Thing I mean, you, you know, he was hired as the guy that made The Lost Boys and Falling Down. He made adult R rated movies. <laughs> Which is mostly what he kept making after the Batman films. Well, yeah, is that, is that, he probably was like, "I want to get paid." <laughs> yeah, well, because it's a it's a mix of that. Because after this is eight millimeter, um, yeah. But then you have something like Flawless, and and then it's then it's like small things like Tigerland. But then it's like get that money, Bad Company with with uh, Rock and Hopkins, yeah. and it's like all right, <laughs> there's he he's not making like passion project at this point. There's just like small stuff that he's pulling in. And then yeah, he gets to do he gets to do like Phantom, Phantom of the Opera seems like the like the dream project that he finally gets to be able to do. How good it is is a different story. He gets, yeah. he gets to make we, it. We were all hopeful till we saw it. Uh, I mean, I think I I knew personally when they when they were like Gerard Butler is the Phantom, uh, how that movie was going to go. Yeah, but it did it did make a brilliant adaptation choice of moving the chandelier crash. Yeah. 
to the end rather than at the end of the first act, which it is in the musical, which is really stupid. Um, yeah, I, I, I only knew Gerard Butler as that guy from Tomb Raider, Cradle of Life at that point. So I didn't know that he was that awful right. of a singer. Uh, not Dracula? For, not, not for Dracula? He was 2000. everyone's Dracula. Did he sing in Dracula? Probably. <laughs> I mean, he was dressed like a rock star, so I assume he's saying at some point. I mean, um, that man, people say his line readings are just rhythmic and you know we, we did skip over a couple <laughs> interesting things worth noting yeah a this is the only we just the only part where christian gordon actually you know talks saves the day or doesn't anything useful um the other thing is you know as much as everybody talks about oh no movies aren't horny anymore i wish movies were hornier this was a film you know where the adults in the room the critical consensus was quite annoyed by how you know body and and not vulgar because this isn't Batman Returns. It's a but very was, kid-friendly movie. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's a lot of blue sexual humor in here. It's PG-rated to be sure, but there's it's impli- yeah, well, there's, I mean, some, there's implied stuff, but it's it's yeah. far from like scathe, like you know harsh in well, right. But I mean, but even that got some you know was a a cause for criticism back in summer '97. I I think part of it was. I don't know if they were mad, but they like, you know, Burton's Batman broke through. It was like we got away from the stigma of that 1960s Batman show. And then no one noticed it in Batman forever. But right here, they're like, oh, crap, we got back here again. And I don't know if it was because, you know, that old show was pretty horny itself in the 60s. Yeah. Um, especially when Catwoman showed up. But like a- all it's a trend that tends to happen in, in most franchises where it start it starts out on a certain grittier path. There's a certain level of maturity to what's taking place, even though the Burton films are, you know, <laughs> they're all essentially we're probably returns is very sexual, uh, but there's still certainly an aesthetic and a tone that doesn't necessarily appeal specifically to one group before it morphs back into the other thing to say that, I mean, the, the, I'm going to bring it up. Godzilla does the same thing. Godzilla starts out very stark, um, and evolves over time to eventually being literally about kids. Um, you can yeah. even the even the monster verse has done that. The first one is a stark drama where Godzilla versus Kong Gosh. is a very mm-hmm. colorful and kid friendly version of it. I mean, it's not a new thing. The Planet of the Apes movies kind of moved that direction too. Eventually, like I mean, they have well, a cartoon, it, it, they have a cartoon like, series. <laughs> at some point, it's like they're like. Okay, we're doing that. Like, can we just mess around, please? Can the we bon- just, you know, the, like- the Bond movies move that direction? Yeah, Daniel like- <laughs> Craig's got a little bit crazier. The, the Sean Connery does a thing. It's Hitchcock thrillers, and then Roger Moore eventually, towards in the eighties, especially, becomes more of what a lot of people recognize that as. I mean, yeah, it's and it's you know it's it's business based. Who's seeing these movies? Adults are. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. They don't age up now. They're just like, oh, we take these stark things always seriously. But back then, they were like, oh, the kids are the ones that are still seeing these. Let's make it appeal more to them. The adults will get some chuckles out of some things the kids don't understand, and we're all good. Yeah. Nowadays, it's, though, it has to be serious. Snake plant is crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy little like model thing. They probably spent ten thousand dollars on it. Kids don't watch movies growing up anymore now because it's all aimed at the adults. They don't have. Their kids' movies come straight to video. Streaming, sorry. Disney Plus. <laughs> the plus, the P and plus is for Pixar. Ouch. <laughs> Who's this doctor? I don't know. It looks almost like Q. 
<laughs> uh, McGregor syndrome is named after a producer of the movie, uh, or, or is it a production designer? I think it might be a production. Designer. A well liked production designer, or is yes, it like okay. Uh, there's there's three McGregors. The first one's well liked. The stage three is not well liked. <laughs> I think, you know, getting rid of, you know, broader issues again, I think this film just takes to a far more extreme what Batman Forever only kind of suited it, which is that you have a very grounded, relatable, occasionally thoughtful humans drama around the heroes, and then you have just camp and nonsense with the villains. Yeah. And I think one issue with this film is that the camp absolutely overpowers the drama. Yeah, um, and, and I think in forever there's far more of a balance. And Clooney's Batman blends in with the camp where yes, Kilmer's contrasted it. Oh uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. So I now mean, you have everybody camping it up in those scenes, <laughs> rather than even then. I mean, look at like the Batman animated series. It's not like the Kevin Conroy Batman was joking around amidst the stuff. That said, that show is not campy. I get that also, but there are episodes that are leaning more comedic or little yeah, scott's favorite there's a batman in my basement <laughs> yeah, kind of well i mean you have 112 episodes you get plenty of variety i would yeah. i and i'll just say his batman is fairly stoic throughout that run yes. where... and that was sort of even when they redid it in the late 90s for about 20 or 30 episodes the tone was a little bit not campier, but Archer, even though it actually was more violent because they could get away with more stuff on the deck. And some of the like some of the costumes were scarier, like the scarecrow's costume yeah. was scarier. But the one, you know, the one rule was that Batman would never be funny. <laughs> and that, that was how they would, you know, make sure to not go overboard. As a kid seeing these Batman movies, uh, Michael Goff being in this kind of vulnerable state that upset me a little bit. I recall that. I recall being like saddened Aww. by the fact that Alfred mm-hmm. was not doing well. Because it's you know you see him as a you know, a proper gentleman wearing his glasses, hair is neat and everything, and here he is on you know lying on his deathbed literally, and it's like this is sad. I I felt bad for that. And you're like, Wilfred, is that canon? I <laughs> you know, I do remember being. I was like, oh, I hope they don't kill Alfred. I hope they don't kill Alfred. <laughs> I I had a big I had a, like a middle bit of perplexing thing. Was like, wait, he's she's not pr- Commissioner Gordon's daughter. I was like, what's right, going yeah. on exactly? Yeah. Like, that threw me off. Uh, but take liberties, oh, wait, which sorry. is fine. If McPherson does come back in this movie, oh, oh yeah, I'm mistaken. Um, and Gossip Gertie. <laughs> um, Clooney mentioned something, and this is the kind of thing that he brings up, you know, a lot in interviews and gets reported as if it's new news every time. But that, you know, he claimed at the time that he played Bruce Wayne as relatively gay. And I, I do think, especially in retrospect, some of the backlash to this movie was rooted in the sheer homoerotic campy tone that was certainly not something that was to be particularly appreciated by people who still wanted these films to be very dark and serious and taken seriously. Um, and also the fact that, you know, this was considered, you know, even back then, there were not like there were tons of Batman movies being made. You know, this was the one. This was, yeah. you know, was this the tone of the entire series? And now it's the same thing with you know when there's a Bond film that people don't like. Well, at the time, it's like oh god, it's the end of the world. But you know, in retrospect, it's just one of you know 25 James Bond movies. 
Um, but I do think that the, 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 you know, the early nineties homophobia, not that it's gotten that much better, certainly played a part in some <laughs> of the, not with the Batman the fandom <laughs> definitely has not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely, I mean, you could definitely see that the influence and like, like that's an interesting approach to take with, with Bruce Wayne, you know, if you wanted, there's like an interesting story that you could potentially tell there about like, you know, like the playboy persona is the thing that's sort of hiding. It's like double. There's like yeah. a double layer. It's like not yeah. hiding Batman, but it's hiding something else. Um, well, you have a, also an openly gay director complimenting it too with this. They can yeah. compliment it with this filmmaking and, you know. And the very phallic choices throughout the movie as far as reduction yeah. design goes. Yeah. It's not oh. out there. <laughs> Um, and I remember, and you know, they did it. There's an episode of Batman Mad series called Legends of the Dark Knight, which has a handful of kids telling their versions of what they think Batman's like. Mm-hmm. One of them's The Dark Knight Returns, one of them's very 1940s Dick Sprang. Yeah. And then the final one is, you know, the truth. And there's a quick cheap shot at, at the, these films in the form of very feminine young man who's named Joel that talks about Batman being all, you know, got nipples and he's so fashionable and whatever it's 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 a joke that hasn't aged well but it's certainly everybody got what they were referring to at the time um having said that i do think it's too easy to simply say people didn't like this 25 years ago because boo-hoo homophobia the film doesn't work you know i certainly like again i like what it's about i don't like how it's about it yeah, the movie's not bad because there's nipples on the bat costume. Like, yeah, exactly. not, and that became an easy way to both make fun of the film and an easy way to deflect criticism of the film. It's the same as Martha. It's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that scene is okay. I get it. I don't think it's acted terribly well, but I the it Martha makes sense. Moment? Yeah, I think thematically it makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's set up right in the beginning of the movie, but oh, I hate it's it. it's also. <laughs> It's sort of like the, the running in heels bit from Jurassic World that we tend to latch on to one or two completely nitpicky, arbitrary criticism as a representative of the whole film not working. That's true. Even um, though I think that her running in heels was stupid and I think that Martha scene was also equally as dumb and emblematic of why that movie was bad. And that's entirely fair. I like Jurassic <laughs> World, but that is a weird... That is a... Just because the way it's shot... Where, partially because the way it's shot where she's clearly doing a sprint in heels <laughs> so, um, which which is i mean it was her decision yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's also her character you know, we've, um, she's a director herself so she obviously yeah. what do, what doesn't help is the, it, the the movie doesn't lead into the satire that it's that it seems to right. want to go for the, yes. the rest the yeah. rest of the yeah. movie hasn't supplied something that would make that visual juxtaposition makes sense as far as like yeah you get it you know she's her, her character's evolving because heels and she'll take how off many, how many cutaways to baby young bruce <laughs> oh, and alfred is this movie gonna do <laughs> like, i think because i think the scene is really affecting yeah um but like they they still felt the need to cut away to like a younger version it's like you don't think we get it by now <laughs> kids won't <laughs> the kids understand why are these adults talking still Hey, that's a kid. I'm represented in this movie. I get it now. Alfred really should have put a password limit on this uh, device here. (laughs) You've been locked out. Sorry. 
Why would it be England? <laughs> I mean, spoiler, none of my passwords are Ohio. Uh, Scott, she's not Oracle yet. <laughs> oh, God. Appar- apparently, all these passwords are case sensitive with the first letter capitalized, too. That's how Apple worked back then. Peg. I'm sorry, you need a minimum of six characters. <laughs> Say good job with that 300 passwords. <laughs> But she had it capitalized at the beginning. So. Look, graphics just wandering on the screen. Yeah, that is. That's so, nightmare. So, so what's better? Oh. What's better? Oh, she made, she she downloaded the film. <laughs> <laughs> what's what what's better? We're in now. Now the, the idea that 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 Michael Michael Caine Alfred is like search the dark web for every information on Bane, or this version where Michael Goff has been secretly making a Batgirl costume and a Batgirl motorcycle and all these kinds of schematics for her to join the gang. It blends better here because the bit with Bane really takes me out of the... Whatever, it was 10 years ago. Andy Serkis, the uh, code cracker, the cypher man. I buy that at instant. Andy Serkis is doing doing, like crossword puzzles. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, what else am I going to do? My fucking son-in-law over here is just mooting away. I got to do something (laughs) with my time. Um, do you like Robin's costume in this movie? Because obviously he went for the they went for the red and green and gold in the last movie. To Nightwing in it, yeah, yeah, it's like a Nightwing inspired costume here, with a cape and red instead of blue. I have no objection to it on principle. I just think it's a shame we didn't get at least one or two more scenes of the traditional Batman and Robin kicking ass together. I like the costume. I you know I'm I'm always a fan of when you know superhero costumes like embrace the source material and use color things stuff that's all black is not great apparently that took four hours to put on by the way my god yeah i believe it it to his body dry i assume it's like pieces so you have to like put them all on and then yeah and i bet you the boots were probably the hardest part to put on (laughs) because i've I've seen some other Mm -hmm. costumes where people have like the muscle suit that's you know underneath it, and like the boots are the thing that take longest time to mm. remove. Supposedly, they're going to not only make what Batman triumphant next, right? right? Uh, mm-hmm. With, with mm-hmm. Uh, Scarecrow and Harley Quinn as the villains, but um, Chris O'Donnell might have gotten a spinoff movie as Nightwing. I thought he was going to die in the opening of Part Five. No, he was going to be. They were. He was going to go off to somewhere Fair. or something. Um, Interesting. And yeah, uh Scarecrow Harley Quinn. What was Jenny McCarthy as Holly yes. Harley so Quinn? Was, yeah. Howard Stern as the Scarecrow. Naturally. Oh my god. <laughs> um again, these films were casting for who was it was just it was like at Gold, the time, Gold, Gold like, Bloom was up for Scarecrow too. There's Goldblum, I believe. Oh yeah, Gold, that would Gold Oh my god. The thought Howard um, Stern. Well, I mean Jenny McCarthy as Quinn is no better, frankly. Yeah. But there's a there's a realm where that makes sense. Where yeah, it would have made sense. Shock Jock Howard Stern hired to play <laughs> Scarecrow in the next Batman movie. And Harley Quinn was Joker's daughter, and the fear toxin was going to bring back Jack Nicholson as the Joker for a cameo. Yes, that I do remember. Man, Jack, if that, that is... happened, Jack would have gotten such a big payday. <laughs> Because he would, you he would fully say yes, but he would he would get the biggest check. Oh yeah, <laughs> he would have to shoot all of his seeds at Laker Stadium. Yep. 
why does he look like he's sitting down on a bleacher chair in all of his scenes? Oh. <laughs> I like how the Batman security system has very much not improved since Batman Forever. It's like, yeah, we just put some lasers up now. Can you stand in between them very easily? Yeah. Oh, she's gonna get. Oh! <laughs> you could have gotten Resident Evil. I'm glad they all have the wallpaper for Batman and Robin. And <laughs> what do these lights even do? Like, what are they for? Did he like sit in front of a camera and say intruder alert 12 times? Yep. It's Max Headroom with Alfred. <laughs> beep, 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 or port. <laughs> I'd play this game. <laughs> Just ask Alfred. Cool. I, for some reason, knew you would show up here years later and crafted <laughs> you a costume. Yeah. Of your exact body type, even though we haven't Make met. Make sure to get the zoom ages. in. It's an equal opportunity, Batman. <laughs> Boom! <Yes>. That last... <laughs> Boobs! But He's got bat pasties on. Yeah, that, that must be heavy wearing all that stuff. <laughs> it's a full leather other black um, mm-hmm. cape and everything. <laughs> yes, Just pulling on up heavy. to the hideout. <laughs> I like that the only way they can get a spotlight was just taking the other Batman spotlights. Like, there's no other spotlights in this thing. But they got a custom Robin signal and everything on it, so that's nice. I really like this set that they make for poison ivy here her like lair yeah it's like, pretty cool it's really elaborate and it comes alive if it's like like if you're gonna buy like a toy i probably wouldn't go for the ice cream shop but this thing's pretty neat yeah <laughs> oh we haven't talked about the soundtrack because this and forever have some kicking soundtracks yeah that uh, yes. grammy grammy winning soundtrack from smashing pumpkins on this one yeah the end is the beginning is the end and the beginning is the end is end the is the beginning yeah, yeah. With one of those featured in the Watchmen trailer. Right. The slow one. Uh, and then um, it was funny because at the time of the pumpkins, it was right after they had that incident where Jimmy Chamberlain and the keyboardist uh, OD'd and the keyboardist died and they kicked Jimmy Chamberlain out. So this was the one of the few tracks that had Matt Walker from Filter on drums. And he was in the video as well. And, uh, you know, everybody's favorite. R. Kelly was on this one. Oh, God. <laughs> Gotham City. <laughs> Come on. None, none of these recreated like the, the smash success that was Kiss from a Rose in the previous. Oh one. no. Yeah. No, no. But you know, Smashing Pumpkins. You're still... that, that 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 was the Smashing Pumpkins was in place for the uh U2 song. Yeah, hold me, kill me, so, thirsty, kill me. Yeah, and then there was what Bone had one. Yeah, Bone Thugs and Harmony, they got looking in my eyes. And if Jules Foolish Games was already a single, and they just like repurposed it and added some Batman clips to the music video for this uh, one. Goo Goo Dolls coming in here also. Oh gosh. Yeah. And these are I mean, these are superhero movies. So like they all, you know, mm-hmm. they're the big thing. They all had these, right? I mean, the yep. with like I don't like the X-Men didn't have like Fox didn't really do it, but these other ones nope. did because like the Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies, they had soundtrack. I mean, well, in the 90s, soundtrack was everything. Like yeah, it was so music, I, music inspired by the motion picture. Fondly remember the Chad uh Kroger song for uh for Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Even yeah. the uh the the early um Marvel movies, they had you know up to Iron Man three. I think that's where they stepped besides Guardians because that's its own thing. But up to Iron Man three, 
they had the like Avengers had a soundtrack. Yeah. I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about who da- was on them. Dare- <laughs> Dare- uh, Daredevil had Evanescence. Daredevil had yes. yeah, Daredevil was huge. Which I mean, is there a superhero movie that's more associated with its non-score soundtrack than Daredevil? Well, obviously the Chad Kroger song that you just mentioned. I mean, that's a- <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. Daredevil had like Fuel on there. Fuel had a song on there. Oh yeah, Dare- uh, Daredevil was the all calling. about the, it was all the yeah. new the new metal for Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now having said you know having said that i like elliot goldenthal's music quite a bit i do too obviously I, this is mostly a rehash of batman oh yeah. forever score but the batman forever score including the main themes are fantastic it's, to me they have always and then i'll stop i promise yeah. but they've always stood out as sort of if you're like a six-year-old kid who's playing batman on the playground with his friends that's the theme you know bum 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 anyway um it was, yeah, it, I, it, it's a daunting task to be like danny elfman made a iconic batman score do something else and he does yes. and it's very effective like i batman has always had great score like the 60s yeah. had the catchy theme song good stuff elfman uh, Batman the Animated Series, Batman Shirley Forever Walker's comes work. in. Yep. Uh, Zimmer. Zimmer. Zimmer uh, and, and Thomas uh, uh, Howard. Newton. No, Thomas Newton. <laughs> Siegel. Tom- God damn it, these names. All <laughs> these people. And Giacano borrowing the Imperial March a couple bars. and Z- using- Zimmer again with cider. <laughs> yep. Um. Batman seems to easily bring out an iconic theme. Well, I think it's part of how just adaptable the character is. James Newton Howard for with Batman Begins. Hans Zimmer and yeah. James Newton. No, it's like I knew it was a Newton in there somewhere. Right. Which is slightly similar to his theme from The Shadow, which makes sense since the movie is slightly similar to The Shadow. What the um, elf? The Elfman scores? No, no, I apologize. Batman Begins. I mean, the elf. The Elfman scores after Batman. He does a lot of things that sound a lot like Batman for the next That's few fair. movies that he does, including including Dark yeah. Man, uh, for that matter. Oh, no, I apologize. I meant uh, James Newton Howard's Batman Begins score. No, yeah, I hear you for the shadow. I get that. Yeah, yeah I, I was saying that um, in, in addition to that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elf, does, Elfman, Elfman repeats himself a lot after yeah, Batman. He does, you know, Burton, 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 even when it's not a Burton movie, pretty much up until, you know, Men in Black and Goodwill Hunting, where he gets his two, uh, I think, two Oscar nominations. Yeah. Uh, and then for, for like a, a while, they had the comedy score nomination. Yeah. And then for a while, a lot of his scores are sort of Men in Blackish. You know, um, and now they're just like for generic action movies. You're like, yeah, I did that score. All right. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's still working, I guess. Got to got to feed Bridget and the kids. <laughs> it it blew my mind. Not blew by that's exaggeration. It amused me at the time that, you know, in, in 1989, 1992, Batman, Batman Returns come out. And they're considered these dark, grim, not necessarily for kids you know, not, you know, somewhat against the grain Batman movies with the Danny Elfman scores. And then in 2017, when they're trying to make Justice League more crowd-pleasing and kid-friendly and fun for the whole family, they appropriate the Danny Elfman music. Yeah. Um, anyway, random observation. No, I, I hear you. Just watching the city getting frozen. Yeah. Another just spectacular special effects sequence. It's neat. It's also like it's a moment where I know I saw through the filmmaking when they repeat the same street when it gets unthawed. It's like, oh, so that's oh, what yeah. like so but like little me is thinking, oh, so that's like a set. This is like right here is like I'm watching Batman on ice. <laughs> At my local arena. This is like, yeah. 
This is this is Scott and I both know this is nowhere as good as Batman and Ice. <laughs> we we've seen Batman. We've seen and Batman Ice. live oh, on stage. Oh. I got. I to look up that review. I, I don't remember that much. About you did. That you show. did write about it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I took Alley, and I love the fact that you know basically the tone is pretty similar to Batman Forever in terms of you know it's it's you know there are deaths but it's nothing ridiculous but you know they basically have Thomas and Martha Wayne chase after the mugger after he's already ran away. <laughs> Because he's got our wallet. He knows where we live. And understandably, that's so they can get shot off screen, quote unquote. Mm. But it's still very funny. I like this. These these we haven't talked about these vehicles at all. I like this thing that Batman has, like this, I guess this skiing, (laughs) this the snow ice machine that he's able to ride on here. It just it looks neat to me. It looks like a fun toy. Where the Batmobile is like, oh, all right. It's- I mean, is as over the top as these costumes are, they're pretty cool. Um, and again, you know, I think it goes to what, you know, it's in a vacuum when this is one of like a dozen Batman movies. It's certainly a lot easier to appreciate this one as one of them. Very different from the others, if that makes sense. Like, um. I mean, people get still get angry about it. It's just hilarious. I'm like, it happened. It's over. It's done. Yeah. It's 25 it's years got, ago. It's why like, we got Batman Begins. Yeah. I mean, if this film had been a little bit better or a little bit better embraced, we brought, this probably would have been the tone for the next three Batman movies. I mean, we can look at it objectively as a piece of history now rather than yeah. just a so sense this, of I mean, anger. Like, it's <laughs> so hilarious. People don't. I mean, it's a, it's a weird thing to, like, try to give respect to. i not for me anyway or not for uh, yeah. seems like us because we're logical and take more than five seconds to put a, put a, put a, yeah. hate, put a hate tweet out about it but this is essentially one of the most important superhero movies ever made <laughs> like yeah. this, it sets In... it sets a stage for what's to come next right yes because mm-hmm. if this is quote-unquote a... bottom of the barrel or whatever you want to phrase it but as, then you have a person go how dare you call it important like well listen there's no ev- there's no evolution without this movie mm-hmm. and again I, I think the one very bad consequence is that it gave you know it sort of propagated the myth that the you know underground cult geek movie news scene could actually move the disc no that they could actually represent the general populace and that's of course a problem that we're dealing with the great social media illusion well even today where we have like one pissy turning red review that's being taken as a trend Mm mm-hmm or a, a handful of bitchy Facebook comments. Why is this film the victim of racism? And say, it's not. Everyone likes it. There's a handful of assholes that don't. Ignore them. I Quit amplifying them. Yes. It's a it's a fallout from this, but at the same yeah. time, it's like if it's but if it's not this movie, it's another movie. I mean, That's right? probably true. And and Phantom Menace is you know two you years know, later, which yeah, is, and Godzilla ooh. to a certain extent. Um, I think Aaron wiped that Godzilla movie from his mind. <laughs> He never mentions it. He just he watched it last night. <laughs> I, I keep saying, like, I'm not going to got wa- sequel ideas. I'm not going to watch tell it. Him. If one of you guys suddenly sends me the 98 Godzilla 4K that exists, it's like, I'll accept it, I guess. But I'm going <laughs> out of my way here. <laughs> um, email him on the site. He'll send you his fanfic. Don't don't worry. Yeah, the John, the John Renault Chronicles. Mm-hmm. You know how bad that movie is? What's Wait, the what fe- movie? The the Godzilla movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Who plays the female lead in Godzilla? <laughs> it's uh what uh, uh oh um she's in the uh, Solaris with Clooney, right? 
No. No. No, that's Natasha McElhorn. Yeah, I say, I know no, you're no, yeah, McElhorn. Yeah, that's, that's not her in that. What's no. <laughs> Wait, give me time. This is my point. You need I'm to look yeah, it up. So I, you have no, yeah, I idea, have no idea who plays the lead, the lead female character. The person that's on Wait, screen is, is it, for like two hours in that movie. It's not, it's not like Samantha Mathis. No, it's not. Maria no, it's Patillo. nobody that we know. Mar- Maria Patillo. Exactly. A name that has never come up in that kind of capacity again. Which, again, unfortunately, she shows. she peaked right away. <laughs> the, the women right away. get screwed by this far more than the men do. But even, but even movies like this, like Batman and Robin, where they're decidedly yeah. memorable, you remember pretty much everything about them you yeah. can't name the That's female true. lead of godzilla <laughs> <laughs> i can tell you hank Azaria's in there i can tell you matthew Bryan. i can tell john you reno heaven done i can yeah. tell you all the all the um supporting people the female lead of the movie unidentifiable <laughs> she had a good run here she's in chaplin true romance natural born killers and uh then godzilla Okay, so that's 98 Godzilla. <laughs> you <talking> yeah. <laughs> we'll be doing the commentary Good, next gr- month. Great marketing. I didn't realize. Great marketing campaign. Yeah. I didn't realize Bane was green for the majority yeah. of this movie. Yeah, he's like a, he's like pus. Like he's, he's <laughs> real, real green now. Yeah. That's because he's with Poison Ivy, who's also green. He's like pus yellow green. Like that's what he is. Nah, he was, he was like plant green. Okay. <laughs> he was the goblin. Never mind. <laughs> These guys are the uh, these these two scientists are like the, the security guard at the beginning of Forever. They just threw yep. him at the end here. Because it's yeah. I mean it's that human thing, or it's like we need a we need a human perspective of what's going on. <laughs> so it's the random security guards, which is frankly something that I wish we'd see more of in the movies of this nature. Uh, let's see, Schwarzenegger definitely not in most of that scene. Um, <laughs> Chris Chris O'Donnell never met Arnold or never doesn't have any scene of Arnold in this movie. Wow. Um, they yeah. They met each other off set, obviously, but they never share any scene in this movie. It's all stunt doubles and what have you. Hmm. I lo- <laughs> this is so stupid and I love it. The power <laughs> of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> the way that's on my hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Literally, it's like a hand statue. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of many. Hang on. <laughs> These people are still hanging on for dear life. Just so what's the plan again? So they freeze all of Gotham City, murdering everybody, naturally. Just Gotham though, not Metropolis or anything else, because that'd be stupid. And then Poison Ivy is going to plant over it? Pretty much. That's the yeah. Because things grow in ice. Come on, it makes sense. Science. <laughs> I mean, plants do grow where it's very cold. Okay. So, you know, like, it'd just be a new glacier city, like a you, whole. I guess if you burn it down, that makes sense to me. That's that provides some kind of fertilizer. <laughs> yeah. See, okay, so here's Bade. Okay, so I guess he's just there because they just ran away from him. <laughs> We're just supposed to assume that Bane lived in that. Don't know. Huh? I just assume in all this destruction that's happening, Bane probably died. <laughs> that's, that's my thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's he does, fair. I, think I so. mean, like, where's where? What at what point is he getting out of this? <laughs> the whole the fucking telescope is blown up. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, they all have like 
ice costumes now or whatever they're yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. 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 Nice little six slick silver on the costumes representing ice. I like how the directors always want to leave their stamp when it comes to the grappling hook. That always seems like a fun thing they want to do. <laughs> like we all have to have our own take on the grappling hook. And it's fun to think about like Burton and Schumacher. It's like, yeah, they're like nerds. You get it. But, but Nolan nerding out on this idea is like, yeah, I got to get that grappling hook shot. <laughs> What's his open with, Scott? 43. And it topped out at 108. Which back then was a shockingly bad multiplier. That's yeah, that's not great. <laughs> um, again, I mean, you know, I haven't gone through you know twenty years of eighties, seventies box office mojo or whatever. But when I was a you know kid, I had never seen a second weekend drop for a big movie as big as sixty four percent. Yeah, and I mean, I think that wouldn't be bad if it made a bajillion dollars opening weekend like movies now tend to do when they drop off. Um, it was, it was still the sixth biggest opening weekend of all time. And the weird thing is, you know, Batman Returns was sort of the start of what I call the quick kill blockbuster, which is where a movie opens so huge. And even though it drops hard in weekend, you know, of the next three or four weekends, it still makes some total enough money to be a shit. Uh, the like, first Bat- time- like Batman v Superman. Yeah, more or less. Yes. Yeah. Because they wanted um, they wanted to tout that what that like four hundred million worldwide opening or whatever they had. Yeah. Whoops. Um, John of Just Ice. Here's that scene where it's like, oh yeah, that's just a set because it's just the same. <laughs> it's the same extras again. Yeah. <laughs> now they're yeah. frosted. Um, but Batman Returns opened with forty seven million opening weekend record and dropped by forty five percent, which was actually pretty big back then. And again, you had a beast in the score, forty five percent drop. You know, everybody, you know, on the media whining about how scary and violent it was. Um, yeah, that was a mainstream, you know, however stupid it might be, that was a mainstream discourse. Um, one of the few occasions, I think, where, or at least of recent years, maybe the last time where a big conversation about is this movie appropriate for kids or not actually, impact, you know, made a difference. Because they pretend to have these conversations now and then, but you know, everybody showed up for Jurassic Park. Everybody showed up for The Dark Knight. Clearly, nobody cares that the Batman is three hours long and not necessarily kid-friendly because, you know, people are showing up. Um, I think sort of Batman Returns is the exception to the rule. But even that one did 162 on a 47 million opening. So. I, I also guarantee the toy sales did not budge. Like, they were they were high regardless of all of this. So. Quite possibly. Although, and the only reason I would doubt that is because I imagine if the toy sales were still high, they probably wouldn't have panicked. But I don't know. You I might I, be right. I, I Unlike toys. my fiance, <laughs> I had the toys. <laughs> um, I know what you're saying. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I should look that up. It'd be a good stat to give when it comes to these kinds of movies. Yeah. Um, because I, I I know one of the reasons that Disney was a little not thrilled about the Last Jedi was that the toy sales weren't all that huge, partially because there just weren't that many new characters. Yeah, the toy the, sales people, in people, all all things are down anyway. Oh yeah, I mean, a lot of IPs. People, used to. people weren't racing out to buy Benicio del Toro as DJ. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or you know, Snoke now with cut in half action. 
<laughs> I buy that in a heartbeat. This this is a good Batman scene. I don't this think is a terrific Batman scene. I don't think there's many specifically good Batman scenes in this movie, mm-hmm. but I think this yeah. one right here because he's reasoning with a villain and will you help me finding a way to get around the idea of either I punch you a bunch and then we're done. Uh, he's actually yeah. talking with them. It's like, and it's and Clooney's doing his thing here. Like I feel like this is a chance for Clooney to like, oh yeah, I'm acting in this one. <laughs> so and even, and even like the reaction shots with him again, like the makeup probably like this is even worse than the other because now he has to have like lines painted on him and so it's probably really distracting to do all this right. but he's like he's emoting in his in his, right. his, his face well, right here i'm so, guessing he's not wearing the costume below the shoulders yeah right, right. He, he, he's robert denny jr in, he's robert denny yeah. jr in most of iron man right. yeah <laughs> so i remember the theater when arnold said to take two of these and call me my dad cackled like, ah! <laughs> and call me in the morning <laughs> I remember, I, I I remember that my dad, my dad was just cackled at that one. And I was like, "You blew it! You had your good scene and you blew it." And uh, Goldenthal's score is uh, doing the job as well. It's a lot of good stuff going on. I, like I the like like you were saying, I think the, this starts and ends well for me as far yeah. as what it's trying to do. Um. And as a series finale, it's poignant. Here, Alfred, take this blue glow liquid. <laughs> it's good that they had a cure for McGregor's injury in his arm, by the way. That's really yeah, that was very helpful. <laughs> nice that he just carries that around. Did Robin switch to his other Robin costume? Uh, yeah. That, yeah. One, sud- that one suddenly has nipples on it again. I... Uh, what? No, it warmed up. So when it's like those mugs, when you like put hot stuff in it. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing they just shot that scene earlier before the oh, the I get, yeah. Finished. And you know, I never yes. noticed that before or had the realization. I didn't either until just yeah. now. That could be a shot from like another deathbed scene that they like moved around in the in the editing. It's from the L. McPherson death. Yeah, <laughs> here's Uma Thurman as Harley Quinn. <laughs> yep. And they let him in his suit yeah, in that's, Ark that's, of Asylum. They, snu- they, they snuck him in, by the way, too, because he's already yeah. in the room. So <laughs> they snuck him into the corner. Like that, that's murder. How long was he being quiet over there in the court? He's as long deep. as was necessary. Ten, he was, was giggling himself. Eight. Seven. <laughs> He's not going to see this coming. Did they put like a blue light in his mouth? I assume so. Yeah. Probably. He's. He's uh, because like it was flashing. He ate too many pops. Probably like one of those glow stick days. Just... He's a robot from the world's end. <laughs> That's a specific <laughs> reference. Yes. Very. <laughs> <laughs> that cure is amazing, by the way. Because he's like he's like up and juggling and making eggs or something now. Like he's just already acting. They're all like, "Well, you think he's dead? I don't know. Well, hey." Is this I the thought- same way manner as forever? Probably, right? Probably. I believe so. Alfred, I, I thought you were going to pass and leave us. Never. <laughs> Palpatine? <laughs> oh, God. You Somehow, know, Alfred has returned. <laughs> some men just want to watch the world freeze. <laughs> I don't think... Has there ever been another Bruce Wayne who wore a sweater? Yeah, a hoodie. Like a hoodie. Yeah, so, the sweater way so odd. I mean, it fits Pattinson. He's probably got one on at some yeah, he point. He wears a t-shirt here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. t-shirt. Keaton, and... Keaton's all about turtlenecks and a hat. Yeah. Pattinson wears Keaton, a ball Keaton's cap. turtlenecking it up. 
uh, Bale is well, he's generally shirtless, it seems, around his house anyway. So he's <laughs> always doing his push ups or he's Kilmer wearing has his- a share of turtlenecks. Kilmer, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah Kilmer's, Kilmer's, Kilmer's doing turtle, yeah, Kilmer's still right riding off of Keaton, so he's that you got to do the turtlenecks. Yeah, no, is- Pattinson wears a hoodie, he wears a hoodie at the very beginning of the movie, and when he's stalking he's- Catwoman, yeah, and he just wears a long sleeve tee when he confronts Falcone. <laughs> know who i am it's me uh, robert smith from the cure <laughs> here we go we're gonna, we're gonna need a bigger game oh zing do you think these are the actual actors that's no. a that's a fun no. question but <laughs> <laughs> I love I think, it. mainly because I don't because I think O'Donnell stands out. I think there's too much. He has hair. Like that's that's what gets yeah. me. <laughs> what a journey! All's well that ends well. Yeah. What does O'Donnell do? For one thing, he got married this year in '97. He has five children. Yeah, he, married got, a preschool teacher. He's got a, one teacher. of those like cop show. Yeah, he's been. I know. I know. I know that now, but I mean, there's still a period where he's not doing that, even though that well, vertical limit was three years later. Vertical. I know what the the bachelor. That was one of them, right? Because that was him and yeah. Zellweger trying to do a thing. Um, vertical limit. Yeah. Which is that even a hit? Like, it's yeah. like it's it like expensive, a, but it movie did we well. all, it's a movie we all know. But I, I always forget if that was. I like remember a hit that movie. because they dropped a freaking body out of a plane and it bounced on the ground. I remember like, yeah, image of that was like, holy crap! But that's it for hit. Like, he has, he has it. His IMDb is thirty six credits. That seems light. It's not a lot well, of movies. Fair, he's been doing NCIS Los Angeles since two thousand. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's what's taken up the time. Yeah, so but... I mean, he's just been working. But if you want to ask, yeah, that he's a working actor. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And that's that's perfectly fine. He seems to be super happy doing his thing with Ella Cool J. But I mean, he's in Max Payne. I did not realize. That. Oh yeah, he no, he's in Max Payne because I remember he's like eighth build in Max Payne. <laughs> it was like Chris O'Donnell. All right, he did nine <laughs> episodes of Grey's Anatomy. So yeah, he's been in TV a bunch. I he's what he's in. He's in one of two Max Payne action sequences. <laughs> there are two. <laughs> two. It's stretching it, but yes, he's a Max Payne. I believe has two action sequences and Chris, Chris O'Donnell's in one. Wait, 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 wait. Max Payne oh, has action geez. sequences? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's surprising. I know that a video game movie about a man who carries two guns around and shoots them in slow motion. Holy crap. That the film version would be like, you know what? What if we just didn't do that very often? What if there was uh, no action and no shooting? I apologize for being an old man here, but I'm like, I did not realize that his NCIS has been on for 13 seasons yeah. and 294 yeah. episodes. So Okay, that's where he has been. I was like, oh, it's been on for like six, seven years, right? No. Nah. Uh, Brandon, you, you, you it's need gun to smoke. Use... It is gun smoke. Brandon, now. when it comes to CBS shows, you have to use the rule of seven. Whatever you think right. it is, it's been on seven years <laughs> more. Right. <laughs> Hawaii Five O is in season like 15. Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> We've had so many CSIs that they have a CSI Las Vegas now. Like, wasn't there, oh like wasn't there one that was like cyber crimes or something? Or is that CS? Yeah, something like that. Cyber crimes. There, I'll, I'll find it. Where's the, where's the CSI list? <laughs> it's on the CSI shows. Oh my gosh. Which might even cross over into NCIS. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure it does. I think NCIS has a cyber crimes show, but <laughs> there's too many. Oh my god, there's so many. I mean, Criminal Minds ran for 14 years. And they're trying to bring it back again for Paramount Plus. 
NCIS Hawaii, NCIS Sydney, NCIS New Orleans. 240 NCIS. episodes of Hawaii Five O. That can't be. <laughs> I told you it's, it's insane. That's, I remember that's... I was at I was at Comic Con for the first because there was something after it, so I'd be in that one so I can get to the other room. I was in there for the first Hawaii, but when it was had its first panel. <laughs> it's like and it's been on ever since then. It's, Has the new MacGyver surpassed the old one in amount of seasons? Uh, I no, I don't think it made it past. No, I think they canceled because it. it was oh, okay. it was canceled. Oh, all right. I mean, um, you say this, I don't even believe you yet. Hold on. Was, was, <laughs> hey, if I'm wrong, so be it. But I it was, think on, it was it got it got it, 2021, so it just yeah. left the air. Oh, okay. After after 2016. So it was on for five years. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, nine, they, they had Jag, right? That was on CBS and it ran for the Jag ran yeah, for Jag like, like, like 16,000 two, well, two separate N- centuries, right? NCIS is the spinoff from Jag. If I'm not yeah. Right. Okay. Because Jag started in like what, 1930 or 1948? <laughs> <laughs> that is when Jag started. Yeah. This when Jag started. It was right after the war. <laughs> just like they just started it up. Jag was around 1994, and the funny thing about Jag was at the time, everybody made fun of the pilot because it was very obviously appropriating footage from Clear and Present Danger. You know, the vehicle the ambush sequence. CSI, CSI Miami, CSI New York, CSI Cyber, CSI Vegas. But Jag quickly became the, hey, did you know this has been on for like 12 years? Like, what? Who watches Jag? When I know, got canceled on NBC and went to CBS, became one of their flagships. Brandon, the the thing that you're not realizing is you're getting closer and closer to the age when people start watching CBS all the time. I know it's it's starting to become a like maybe it'd be just easier to watch a CBS show. Now not Terrence, not not Terrence. We're still young. One of the rudest things <laughs> that you can say to somebody. Death <laughs> comes for you too. I haven't huh. watched this show in three weeks. I oh. could just pop in now, probably. I don't think I've ever got yep. to the end. I don't think I've ever got to the end of Batman and Robin. Had a fun like oh. animation of the title at the end there. Yeah, was, was something. Oh. Um, any other final? Fi- you know, let's do this real quick since we nineteen finished- seasons for NCI or Navy NCIS. Nineteen. Yeah. Jesus. And climbing. <laughs> Take that, SVU. Anyway, sorry, before, I interrupted you. Before we wrap this up, because the movie has now ended, we should go. What? What? How do you rank the, the this 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 uh this era of Batman movies, Terrence? You you, you teased this early on. Where where do you where do you sit with this? Oh gosh, um, I think Returns is number one. If we're if we're talking about like that whole the sort of the nineties, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, because Michelle Pfeiffer is amazing, and she made that movie. Um. And I actually would put this one number two. Okay. Um, Forever is my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Batman would be number th- and the Batman would be number three. I just I appreciated this. I appreciate this movie so much just for sheer ridiculousness. Fair. Like to me, there's n- never it does lag in the middle, but there's still not as a whole, it's not not entertaining. And so I appreciate it for that. So many quotable lines. Um, and it's very silly. So yeah, I think that's how I would rank these. Scott, how about you? Uh, boring rating, but Batman Returns, then Batman, then Batman Forever, then Batman and Robin. This is technically my least favorite of that era. Although again, I don't hate it. It's just, I like the other ones more. Same. I don't have anything to disagree with there. Brandon, hey. No, I'm 
89 returns forever that, that but like the first two are so high up there and 89 is not that far ahead of returns and forever is one that i i like i loved a lot upon its release then kind of went eh, on it and i'm back kind of like i realized i needed to stop thinking i was too cool for it and just enjoy what it was real, um, roller, real roller coaster ride for you on yeah that. And I've always enjoyed aspects of Batman and Robin. It's not a movie like I hate. It's not great, but there are aspects of it. And if you go through one, two, three, you can easily pop this one in and cap it off. There's a lot of movie in that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's <laughs> how it stands. And, you know, looking at things like just the other day, watching the Adam Project, where it's like, there's no mo- the there's, movie. There's no movie in this movie. It's just... It's it's an algorithm come to life. It's Space Jam: A New Legacy happening in front of us. Um, okay, well, we talked about Batman and Robin. The movie has ended now, and that's going to bring us to the end of this commentary track. So, before we go, where can people find more of your guys's work online? Uh, Terrence, we'll start with you. You can find me at lenoiratour.net, L-E-N-O-I-R-A-U-T-E-U-R.net, and then at Terrence B. Johnson on Twitter and Instagram. Brandon Peters. Uh, the Brandon Peters show.com for our and anywhere podcasts are found for my podcast show, uh, my YouTube channel, and then uh, whysoblue.com, of course, for my written reviews, which I have one up for the Godfather 4K set, which is awesome. You should check out my review and buy yourself a set. And uh, on Twitter, Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Are those Godfather moves any good? I've heard good things. They're all right. They're all right. <laughs> Not bad, not bad, not bad. Scott Mendelson, where we will find more of you? Uh, Forbes.com. Uh, please Google some variation of Scott Mendelson, the ticket booths, Forbes. I'm on Twitter at, at Scott Mendelson, and that's basically it. You can find everything I do over my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for League of Entertainment for movie reviews, Why So Blue for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews. I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. You can find this podcast everywhere you can find podcasts, but feel free to leave us an iTunes review or rating. Let's see. March, April's next. Commentaries. Come up with some ideas. What's coming out? Well, we got here. We got a Harry Potter. We already did a Harry Potter. Fantastic <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Beast, Song of a Hedgehog 2, Morbius. Oh, Morbius. Um, we can do another vampire movie. That would Terrence, you can jump right back in. We can do another vampire movie. <laughs> we have we'll come up with some ideas. But yeah, there's, there's Dracula all, 2000. Apparently Dracula, we can watch it. Yeah, we can talk. We can talk to a lot of Gerard Butler. That'd be that'd be something. Um, and vitamin sure C, remember her? She's in that movie. <laughs> There's as we go on, we remember. There's uh, I'm sure there's plenty of movies celebrating their 25th anniversary as well that we can figure out, but and let alone other anniversaries. But just 97 seems like a big year. Um, I, I mean, my gross point blank came out in April 97, but uh, regardless, um, tons of options. So we'll be back next month with another commentary track. But that is going to do it. I'd like to thank Brandon, Scott, and Terrence for joining me for this Batman and Robbie commentary. Thank you. It's been a great 10 years. It's been great to chill out with you guys. Ooh. Ooh. I don't appreciate that cold reception, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, in spite of that joke, thank you all for coming on this week for the commentary. Um, Look forward to doing another one. Until next time, so long. And goodbye. This is